I mean, what would you say it's about? Well, it's about a toxic relationship. It's not about someone loving that. Where in the lyrics does it say that? Everywhere. The whole song. Okay, listen. You're not going to convince me that a song called Tainted Love isn't about okay, someone Okay, loving... okay, 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 okay. Oh, okay, let's okay, just... Okay. Uh, okay, the 200 level is brought to you by... <clears throat> DP Doe, which if you're looking for something great to sneak into Rise of Skywalker, Harry, Christmas Day. I would highly recommend it. I'm actually going. Are you going to see it? I'm seeing it on Christmas Day. Uh, the lady friend, lady friend, the girlfriend <laughs> said, the old lady. uh, didn't, didn't want the, uh, the crinkling of the aluminum foil. So this time we're going to go in with like seven bags or seven, uh, double cheeseburgers and one filled bag of French <laughs> seven fries. Seven double yeah. cheeseburgers. Yeah. Wow. He's already incriminating himself beforehand, but he made a good point that it's not like anyone, any employee at the movie theater oh, is no, going I, to hold him accountable Yeah. I mean, they're 16 year old kids, right? Yeah. 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 So seven McDoubles. Well, if you, for whatever reason, <laughs> I said oh, double, cheeseburgers. double cheeseburgers, <laughs> let's just throw out the. The, the the restaurant right now. Wait, is this for DP Doe or McDonald's? Oh, oh. DP Doe. <laughs> when you go to see, let's see, what else is coming out? Oh, Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler. Yeah. That looks like a good mm, movie. That does. Richard Jewell, another one with a gem in the title. Uh, it's true. Uh, Ruby Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, oh. it's a good restaurant. It's not a good mm-hmm. restaurant. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> dpdo.com for all your best deals and prices. Technically, that was a minute-long ad for DPDO, but I don't think they're going <laughs> to be Somehow it though, felt like way too seconds. convoluted. Yeah. yeah, so all the best deals and prices, again, at dpdo.com. And students are gone, so, I mean, not that that's ever an issue. They'll deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana, but why not pick it up, especially for lunch or dinner over the holiday season? Of course, State Farm agent Brian Hansen. You can follow him online at brianismyguy.com for all of your insurance needs. And Forth and Kirby. Online at fourthandkirby.com for vintage-inspired Illini apparel. And uh, great stocking stuffers. It might be too late to get it for, in time for Christmas, but for Martin Luther King Day, if you are getting in one a present for that, you should probably go with I'll tell you what, when my dad gets me something for MLK Junior Day, that is the just the night before when you lay out, um, what is it, crumpets and scones mm-hmm. for the ghost of Martin Luther King to come <laughs> down the chimney and just take those. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's my dad just dressed up as Martin Luther King, though. Really? <laughs> That's kind of cool that he does that for yeah, you. Yeah, it's really nice. When I was eight, I remember confronting my dad and saying, wait a second, I can tell this is not Martin Luther King Jr.'s handwriting. That is totally yours. I don't believe in the ghost of MLK coming into our house anymore. Well, see, yeah, because, you know, when Santa put, he dots his eyes with little candy canes, and Martin mm-hmm. Luther King just dots his eyes like normal. So it's hard to be able to tell. That's the dead Yeah, that's the gift. Well, that's, the way they it's, hard to, it's hard to tell between when it's my dad, because I don't think my dad dots his eyes, but Martin Luther King does, so... Hmm. Okay. okay. That, that's why I was always, I was a giveaway for me. Underrated holiday. Yeah. Uh, also got to thank AlanaInquire.com and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network for being partners in the relaunch of the 200 level as we end our first uh, calendar year, I guess, since we got things going back in August. And not a great way to end it. It was less than ideal. Yeah, th- that was a one of the worst Illinois basketball games I've ever seen. And that's not hyperbole given the circumstances. The fact it's a rivalry game. So very rarely do you see one team completely stink it up in bragging rights. In fact, if I look at Missouri, Illinois owned this series. I think they've almost won a two to one clip. Yeah, that's. I think it's now twenty five to fourteen. Very at, rarely at, in bragging rights when it's not yeah. on. Uh, yeah, correct. Yeah, but very rarely in the series there was one blowout. Let's see, the year after the Final Four, where D and James Augustine and I think uh, uh, Jamar Smith had a great game as you a freshman, like eighty to fifty two or something. Smoked him right. But other than that, this is pretty pretty close. And even though the final score was what six or seven points. Spread. It was sixty. I stopped watching. I mean, it doesn't matter, 52. right? And, and I think Brad Underwood even said afterwards this felt more like a twenty-five point loss than it did a seven-point loss. What happened at the end? I didn't see it. Okay, so here's what happened at the end, and th- there's a whole lot to unpack here. And by the way, this is a post-game podcast. We're just going to get this out. No opening segment. We're just going and reacting to that mess. Okay, about eight seconds to go. 
there is a clear path for Mark Smith to dunk the ball and really put an exclamation point on it. And then there's a an clean foul point on a zero point on a zero point. Exactly. Right. Got it. And this is where it gets kind of funny too, is that he goes for the dunk. Uh, he gets fouled probably just inside the perimeter and it was a clean foul, no intentional or anything like that. He decides to finish the dunk anyway. Got it. Someone on Illinois just took issue with that. Maybe the entire team. Because you're already the game's yeah, over, yeah, and it, yeah. you know the optics of it. I get it. You know, Mark Smith is trying to shove it back, and and of course, it didn't count. Well, then you have the teams getting chippy. Alan Griffin was involved again. Uh, he gets a technical in just a bit, by the way. <clears throat> and then Mark Smith goes in line. He promptly misses both free throws, so he still finished scoreless. <laughs> he stinks. Jeremiah Tillman finishes with four points. He's Fouls pretty good out. when he's out there, and he had an amazing. Put back, put back. That was what people were going to take away from that game. If you, you know, you want to go with the optics of it of the former or not former lineup for him, but you know, the guy who kind of spurned you for your rival. That's the play people are going to look at. Drew Smith, who exactly? No one knows which Smith. Exactly. Yeah, there was three of them. He comes out. He has the game of his life, and then, well, lest we forget, Javon Pickett with a couple threes. Of course, was there enough? There was one guy, Pinson, Pinson, Xavier Pinson. He actually from Chicago. Me more than anybody because yeah. he was your Chris Likes of this game, little scrappy dude. And you know what? He earned the as he's walking off the court. I think ten seconds ago, he's flexing for the crowd as he should. You came in as an underdog and you schooled Illinois all game long. It was an embarrassment, and more than just this one game. I mean, the first like twelve minutes, Illinois. You Adam. looked good in the beginning <laughs> of the game. I'm, I'm just saying, like it wasn't like from the tip. Illinois was down 20. You were controlling. You were controlling the first 12 minutes, but you weren't able to extend that lead, and I started to get a little nervous then. The problem with the beginning of the game, for me at least, was, um, you know, it it felt like Georgie was stepping up, uh, Iowa was stepping up, your stars had kind of come out, it appeared. And you could tell that Missouri was trying to, they were doing everything they could to stay in the game, and the three was keeping them in the game. And it felt like you had every opportunity to kind of extend the lead and kind of put some distance between yourself. But I think the highest you ever got was a six-point lead. Yeah, you just kept missing. You kept you're, you're shooting. Not, not that that was the only problem of the yeah. game, but it certainly doesn't help that when you have. It feels like two to three times a year a team has one of those games where they just can't yeah. buy a shot. Yeah, the and, entire and that was, game. Right? I mean, Illinois didn't do anything to help themselves in the first half, and the second half was absolutely abysmal. But as what's far the best goes. shooting performance this team's had from three? And that's the concern too, from because three, I don't know, because I mean, Trent, I think. Had one. Georgie had one. He had another that was complete air ball. Yeah. It was a pass essentially. Yep. Essentially, yeah. and you did score two Does that points. Go down on that. as an assist. I don't know, and I've always I... wondered if you throw up those random threes at the end of quarters and halves, if that counts against your three point shooting percentage. It does. It does. It does. Okay. Why, just like, why would you do that? Then? Well, if you, I don't know, if it's you want points, people don't care about the stats. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's more about the stats, man, more than about the stats. But I, I guess technically that would have been a missed shot, rebound, put back. But anyway, so the, there was the scrum at the end of the game. And to me, that was the cherry on top of the turd Sunday that was the Sprague and Wright's performance, Yum. which, again, no hyperbole, is the worst one I've seen in my life as an Illini fan. The worst Bragg and Wright's game? The worst Bragg and Wright's performance by okay. Illinois. And really, you could... I mean, I, last year's was worse, but the Illinois team was worse. Exactly. Right. Okay. right. So uh, I'm, what I'm taking into consideration is this. Rivalry game, you didn't show up. Um, other than the first 12 right. minutes. You were right. the favorite. Because <laughs> yeah. Mizzou the favorite. was the favorite last year. Yeah, and it was a two and a half point favorite, which I even thought, you know, come on, like, yes, these games are close, but this is one that you ice away late with free throws. I thought that just talent discrepancy alone, you would win and that you wouldn't really feel that nervous about it. Especially if you said coming into the game, Mark Smith has zero points. Tillman has how many points did he finish? Four, four, four and fouls out. Yeah. I mean, if you told me those two combined for four points, I'd say, uh, yeah, I would take Illinois minus two and a half. Conzo Martin out coach Brad Underwood again. And this is what's scary to me, is that I don't know what I feel about Brad Underwood, because there's still a lot of season left to play. But I don't want to end up in late February wondering what the hell have we been doing all year? 
on the outside looking into the tournament and thinking, well, what's the future? Well, the, what do you do with Brad Underwood if he's just not good here? And I say here because there's enough pedigree to suggest that he knows what he's doing. Right. But there's not any pedigree to show that he knows what he's doing here in the Big Ten. Well, the, pr- the problem that this game really kind of puts on you for this, you know, for the rest of the season right now is this, obviously this paired with the Miami loss are two ugly losses that I think maybe Michigan would have kind of cast aside one of those losses yeah not both of them. Miami makes you negative one yeah Michigan makes you zero now you're back to negative one yeah, exactly exactly so and you can make up I, I wouldn't be surprised this team goes to East Lansing and pulls off a random upset right but so that's, then, that's what I'll hit on in a second but, but see then then you know that also takes into account well how confident are you that you're going to go into Penn State and actually be able to beat them and we have ranked seen by the way that we aren't you know on a what was it last 10 years I think we're under 500 against them so you're gonna I mean let, as bad as we feel right now, you're probably going to win the next game. Who's that against? North Carolina A and T. Yeah, so you're going to be no, nine and four, and in all likelihood, from what we've seen from this team in the last decade, you're going to go throughout the season probably 500 and be square on the bubble once again. And then you have John Gross light again. You, this to sure. me, the scenario you just laid out is no different than what got John Gross fired. Yeah, and in year three of Brad Underwood, and it's and it might what even, the hell are we? What are we watching? And it might even look similar because you start off the uh, the Big Ten. Well, let's call. it Let's call this the Big Ten season because I don't, the two little redux or whatever you want to call it to mm-hmm. start. You start the real Big Ten season. Should have been two now. Tough. No, 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 no. The real one coming up. That's Got what it. that's what I was trying to say. I'm just saying that Maryland game would have that would have obviously softened the blow a little bit. We're like, oh, this is the aberration. Yeah. And then really, frankly, if you just won the Miami game and never went down 27 points, we would probably be looking at this through a different lens of. Well, that was weird. I'm, we aren't happy about it. Yeah. But maybe that's the aberration. Unfortunately, we're seeing this weird pattern where night in, night out, as Trevor's said multiple weeks in a row, night in, night out, you don't know what you're going to get. And with that being the case, if Rutgers comes to the State Farm Center, I'm not feeling any better about that game than I would be if Illinois goes on the road to Michigan State. Right. Or uh, vice versa. Other uh, flip it where yeah. you play a bad team at home. Well, I mean, Rutgers is not bad, but Nebraska. Yeah. And they go well, win at home against Ohio State. So I don't know what's going to happen with this. Well, team the frustrating thing, and you even said John Gross light, is that the schedule kind of lines up for you to pull off pretty much exactly what we had seen from Gross year in, year out, where you're going to start the Big Ten season probably with a couple losses. It's mm-hmm. not the easiest start. But don't you end with something like Nebraska, Northwestern, and then I, I forget who you end with. You have it's a pretty a easy nice stretch. It's a five-year last six. I think game. are at home, and you've got Indiana, Northwestern, yeah. Iowa. And so we're going to be in a there, situation yeah. come February where, where in all likelihood, you're going to be saying once again, if you this, just win five, of if six, you just win these games, and mm-hmm. they're all winnable, right, and right, you're going to be right, right on the bubble, then you just need to win one. Then or this two. is Bruce Weber back in 2010. You're just 2009, 2010. Just walking in circles. Is that right? Was that the season yeah. where they won two Michigan State and at Wisconsin? Yeah, that was 2009, 2010, and trail off late in the year. Correct. The thing with the thing for me is just that it's so inconsistent that I have a hard time walking away from any game positive or negative with such a macro take of this is over or this is this is working because I I am no less confident that they could go beat Michigan State at East Lansing and I am no more confident that they will beat Northwestern at home. But see, where, where I'm less confident though is that they're going to accrue the number of ones they need. Period. That's fair because you're and talking overall. That, that's yeah. the macro in general. It's not that they night in, night out can't compete with good teams. They can. And they're going to get two or three quality wins. We're like, oh, and they're going to suck us back in. Right. right? They're going to suck us back in just enough because this is not a team that's probably going to go, you know, 14 and 17. No, 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 like no. That. I guess the fact that the bad things are inexplicable, I guess the, the positive side of that is, well, maybe it will eventually fall into place because right now the reason why it doesn't make any sense is because they should be better. So if they become better more consistently, then it will work. But 
I, I don't know what I'm saying. And I think the problem, the problem with the team right now, I mean, you said you don't really know how to feel on a macro sense because they can go out there and they can light someone up or they can go out there and get lit up. If that's the case, I think you kind of do know where you sit on them as a macro sense is that they're not trustworthy and a non-trustworthy sure. team is not one that you would, well, that's not a position you want to be in. No, it's not. And then it puts you in this weird bind because Brad Underwood, again, he's not done anything to make me think that long term this thing works, right? Uh, and then that's with Andre Crabello and Adam Miller sitting on the sideline, but we know that there's some complexities involving the Adam Miller recruitment, so who knows if he's ever going to don an Illini uniform. Uh, and unfortunately, the way I was playing, it doesn't seem any more likely today than it did it when he started out hot, but he kind of, I mean, everyone trailed off in the second half. Well, and he was frankly the only guy that gave you production today, but there was still that stretch in the first 10 minutes of the second half where sometimes the guy that scored 20 points, hey, thanks for the 20 points, but we couldn't have you having that slump during that 10-minute stretch either. We needed somebody. We needed yeah. something. There was no spark. There was no fire. And I know it's a noon start, uh, but this is embarrassing to lose given everything that's happened in the last two years. We look at cons when we laugh. We look at Missouri and we laugh at the few fans that actually show up uh, for their non-conference games, somewhere in the hundreds. They, Missouri fans don't care. And they didn't even care to show up today. A few thousand. And they get to walk home happy. Meanwhile, we came out completely flat. And the talent alone gave Illinois, let's say, the six-point lead they had. I think that was the biggest yeah. lead they had. Nineteen thirteen. Talent discrepancy alone is what Great got year, them. Not by the way. <laughs> oh, so much happened. Oh my goodness, so much. I mean, you had the World's Fair. Oh, yeah, my the gosh. World War. The, at the time, it was called the Great War. And, and, and yes. it started by then. Uh, no, nineteen seventeen, right? No, yeah, that's, that's when that's America joined. Oh, okay. I thought because I thought. Oh, it, okay, maybe. Archduke Ferdinand died in like nineteen thirteen. Right. Yes. right. Yeah. The grandfather of Augustus Gloop. So I guess not. The first Cubs of all, were coming no. off two World Series. I mean, they were a powerhouse. Even mm-hmm. then, they the were Chicago like five Cup. years removed from it, though. Yeah, there was a little bit of a drought. Oh, my God. Little did they know. Just a little bit. Yep, yep. Hmm. Not the grandfather <laughs> of Augustus Gloop, by the way. Oh, sorry. I thought, I thought I read that somewhere. I don't know why, but I'm not mad right now. Interesting. I, I don't know why. Maybe I'm it's mad just because I've I'm got s- family coming in and I'm distracted with other oh, stuff. Oh. But I Listen, and that, that's the thing, right? The game ended. And then I go about my life. Right, like this I'm not, moving on, yeah. The, yeah. the Illinois Northwestern football game, and someone correctly called me out on Twitter saying, way to go, Carp, by saying this is a guarantee, slam dunk. Oh. Illinois is going to be Missouri. Last time I did that was a the Illinois it, Northwestern if game. If you will. Yeah, oh, yeah, you yeah. a book at the twice has gotten Illinois burned, but the difference would be today, yeah, you're right. We're turning the page. It's holiday season. I'm happy. And you know what's the scary thing for me, though, is I'm a little more apathetic about it because I've been thinking about this. All I can remember as an Illini fan is this sort of stuff. Yeah. Right, well, like, because I, like you're... I started getting fanatical about it like 08, 09. Yeah, this is your norm. Right, so like you describing a season where you're kind of on the bubble and maybe you get in, maybe you don't. For someone like you, that's like, oh, that's unacceptable. We need to be higher than that. For me, that's like, well, that's all I've ever known, so whatever. Yeah, th- this is where it is different because we went to Esquire today for the game. I walked in at 1130 expecting, because of SEC Network and all that, you know, got to get there early and get your table because that was the norm that we had become accustomed to back when Illinois was, you know, doing things. I've never once, by the way, I've never once experienced that on campus. Right. Like, get to the and bar why would you? So you can why would people? a table, yeah. Exactly. So anyways, we get to Esquire. Oh, no, no problem. Plenty of tables. And, and they kind of filled in throughout the game. But we, we sit there and I, my dad and his friends, kind of the neighborhood crew, they're talking about the last time they've been to Esquire for a basketball game. Now, one game they did see at Esquire, among many in that uh, Final Four run, was the Arizona game in the exact same spot that we're sitting today. So for a minute or two, it's fun remember when, of, man, remember we had to get here like one in the afternoon for the five o'clock game and get our table. And as we're watching this crap fest, you talk about this becoming the norm for you. 
and that there is an apathy that's kind of settled in. For me, it is a an apathy that is only increased because Josh Whitman, I think, said it during Underwood's press conference. The further and further you are away from any level of success, the more relevant you become and the harder it is to get back there. If this team doesn't make the tournament, it's a travesty. There is no excuse for this that. team. Yeah. 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 And then what do you do? I mean, do you move on from Underwood? I would in a heartbeat. My bigger question would be, does he move on from you? Because I get the sense right now that he does not want to be here. I'd be happy with that. And I'm not trying to cast, you know, uh, dispersions on what's going on, but you see how flighty he is with these schools, right? I mean... It's a lack of fit. Uh, We talk about fit, and I think Whitman said that in the opening press conference. We, as Illini fans, myself included, were projecting this Lou Henson-esque, old-school, tough-guy thing on Underwood. And to be fair... A bit of a Bobby Knight factor, right? Sure. And to be fair... You know, the other guy that you might have gotten, let's say, an Archie Miller. We thought that was the sexy pick. Well, that ain't going so well in Indiana. And it might not have gone well here either. I don't know if Chris Holtman would have success here because Ohio State, that's a whole other deal over there. Okay, that athletic program is like the Yankees to our Tampa Bay Rays. He was really good with nothing two years ago, though, when he first came. Right, and Underwood isn't good with... Bates Diop, right? Yeah, I'm okay. Last year was the year that he lost Bates Diop. And he had Wesson and pretty much nobody else, and they beat Houston in the I think yeah, they got to the like tournament three eight matchup and, and got to the Sweet Sixteen and lost. So. And meanwhile, we go through this rebuild that again we're told it's funny how these narratives sneak out. Well, we got to tear it down to the studs. We did with football, we did with basketball, and for what? Especially basketball, this idea that you need to tear anything down to the studs to instill your culture. This is not a tough team. Well, They're I mean, pillow I, soft. I get the idea of what you're trying to go for because obviously I, we hated it as well. I hated it as they were doing it for football in that you're trying to lay the foundation so that everything kind of grows up at the same rate. But the, the same the argument can be made. Well, I mean, in this, it's a it's a team sport. What if you don't want everything to be low and then growing up at the same rate? What if you want to be able to have people? You know, you want your your star positions at dif- different uh, positions. I mean, if you have everything level at the beginning, I, I feel like I know what I'm trying to say. No, if you have I, I everything like at the bottom trying to grow up, then maybe by the end you're going to have an all-around great team. That usually isn't the way it kind of happens. Right, but I think that's Whitman's goal here is to instead of have peaks and valleys, he's trying to mitigate the, okay, you go 9-3, and three, but then you go 3-9 and nine the next year. Or, okay, you make the, make the Sweet 16, but then you don't get back to the tournament in Gross's last four years. Or, you know, He's trying to right. mitigate that by having some level of consistency, but... Uh, as we've seen, it's kind of impossible it's, to do, right? Well, exactly. And with football, I get it to an extent, right? It wasn't working. It hadn't worked historically. Sure. So even, Lon, I mean, Lon would say this a lot, and even as much of a cynic as I was, and maybe partially still am about Lovey. Um, I think there's a definite ceiling on Lovey, by the way, if we want to hit on it later. Yeah, yeah, we will later, because I mean, we I got think... we got a comment from him today in a Sun-Times article that we need to talk oh. about. Would you say Did you see that, by no. the way? Okay, I'll bring it up later. You say the ceiling probably is next year. First of all, it's next year. I mean, if it doesn't happen next year, it's not going to happen. Right. The ceiling, let's say everything goes right. Bear with me. We have a Minnesota year. <laughs> is the everything... Were they uh, nine and no, three this it's year? I'd say nine and three. I'd without say a nine big and ten. three. But Minnesota didn't win the West. Yeah. So my point is, like, as well as this could work, I would still say Il- Lovey Smith and his tenure at Illinois, no matter how long it lasts, chances of winning a Big Ten West title championship would be like one percent. I was looking actually at the co- the comparisons between this uh, was it Illinois football team last year and or this year that we're living through right now. Mm-hmm. It is eerily similar to Purdue last year. In that you start week and you end week with a blowout loss to a bad team. Ours was Northwestern, theirs was Minnesota. You have a huge, huge win at home. Now, theirs was a blowout over Ohio State, but ours was a close one. to find. Both are defining wins over national powerhouses. The worst part would be, I was thinking, 
What if you ended the same way, both six and six going into the bowl game? And we remember how that ended. Three seven. Oh or whatever my that was. Cal, Cal's not a bad team. They're going to be healthy, but fortunately, it sounds like Peters is good to go. So yeah. that gives you yeah. something. I guess overall, I just feel like this is a very accomplishable six and six repeat it process. Is. I mean, but I don't no re- feel like it's like like I don't feel like we're building two four six to like eight ten twelve. No, not at all. I no. feel like we're going two four six, and everybody's hoping you can just go six 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 and, and, and what then momentum, pass it on to somebody else. Exactly. Right? And what momentum is there? Because in the early signing period, you were thirteenth out of fourteen. Yeah, I mean, the Big recruiting 10. was terrible. I yeah, mean, exactly. People can you know, lots of writers are saying it's decent. There's some three stars. I know. I, I I'm so <laughs> I'm so tired of trying to spin something that is it's right there in front of you. And I understand recruiting rankings are not a perfect science. But it is a lot better than it was 10, 15 years ago. It yeah. is a little bit more exact yeah. than it was then. And the idea that all of a sudden, well, you got some good players there. Everybody has some good well, players in the collection yeah. of 15. And well, it's that- just like when you have this year where you can go into a living room and go, hey, we're better than Purdue. Is Purdue bowling? And it didn't say. Hey, we're better than Northwestern. Is Northwestern bowling? Sell, hey, yeah. Nebraska. Is Nebraska bowling? Like, this is your time to go out and sell that stuff. So the fact that you're having a, what would you call it, like a year two lovey class where you've got a bunch of three stars and it's like, well, you know, the quantity's not great, yeah. but the quality's okay. And no, like, that shouldn't be the this expectation level now. Right, this is where you right. make hay Well, it. see, for me, with the whole recruiting thing, and I'm not just saying this because I was a zero star out of now, don't Hodum, be overly nowhere. modest. You didn't get a half star? I, th- I would have wanted zero stars more than one star. Uh, mm. By the way, I listened to your whole 30-minute uh, interview on oh, Tay and Jay when you God. sent it to us. This is the first time you talked. I don't think you sent it to me. I'll send it to you if okay. you want. It's it pretty, pretty painful. I, I liked it. It's pretty painful. But okay, like I was saying, <laughs> just we look at the... Uh, Are we on football or basketball? I, I was going to say something about the, the, recruiting, the recruiting classes that Lovey's been able to bring in here in the past in that when he is able to bring in more talent and you know maybe when he does bring in his four stars or... Uh, what was Has he brought in a five-star? Was uh, was Isaiah no. five star? He Four was a, star him one time. Well, when he does bring in his more talented um, recruits, then it's his job as a coach to be able to coach them up, and that's the problem that I think we've seen in the last couple of years. I'm not. I don't want this to turn into a bashing Lovey segment because I think Lovey had a, a he had a good year last year. Let's be honest. We we were ready to throw him to the wolves, and he was able to save his job this year. At the end of the day, is a success for him as far as on the field. Well, unless Brad Underwood makes a tournament, Lovey had the better year. Oh yeah, of the definitely. Two revenue definitely, <laughs> definitely. But, I mean, but that's now I want to see like for me, I want to see what he can do as a coach with the talent that isn't maybe world beaters because that's what the coaches have to do throughout the entire country. You're not always going to get a great class, especially when you're Illinois. There's a reason that we're not, or that you're not getting those those uh, top end recruits, even when you were able to go into a uh, a living room and say, "Hey, look, we're in a bowl game, and these teams aren't." It's because those teams have done it in the past. Like you said, Nebraska's been able to do it. Um, Purdue has. Well, I think you're probably on the same level as them. But the other guys who have been able to do it in recent history, that have been able to do it more consistently than you. And, that, and that's why they're able to sell it more so than you, even with this yeah, but you're one Lovey year. Smith, right? But, the, but does, how much does that carry anymore with these guys who don't even remember you I, as a coach? I would coach. agree, but then again, I mean, why hire a guy that's never been a college head, head coach if it wasn't for the splash and it yeah. wasn't for the name and the face and the brand and the But identity. then the further and further you get away from the time when those people you're going after are the kids who watched him, now he's a ghost. And we're paying for how bad they were the first three years under Lovey. I just think we've settled into a malaise where you're kind of used to Lovey adding guys late and there's a bunch of three stars and hey, it actually works maybe, I don't know, what's the hit rate? Four times out of 10 with a Lou extent. Dorsey or a Sidney Brown. And so we're kind of conditioned to go, okay, well, there was a bunch of three stars, one kid we'd never heard of. You know, they can make this work. But now I feel like we're at a point where you need to be like, okay, now we're actually legit adding guys that had offers from... Now, to be fair, some of those guys did have other Power 5 offers, mm-hmm, yeah. which is something you hadn't seen before. But I just feel like we could be doing a lot more 
than sending Miles Smith out there. Miles Smith has been in the job 11 months, and he's gotten one commit, Tariq Barnes, from mm-hmm. last year. What, what's he doing right now? Um, he's been in Paris, I know. He's done some traveling before. I, I, and uh, Again, I'm not trying to cast like a personal dispersion on him or anybody else, but it just feels like right now they're operating at like a 6 out of 10, when after what just happened happened, you should be operating at like a 9 out of 10. You should be able... Like, like you have to take advantage of this time right now. And, and this trying, is... Yeah, to cash in on the moderate success that you have had. The bowl game is not a must-win by any stretch, but you can't come out and lay a stinker. Yeah, optics do, do matter here because of that Northwestern seven game, 7-6 and six is a lot different than 6-7. Six and seven. Because even through this run, you got to the 6-win against Michigan State, and thank God you did, because then you had the bye <laughs> week, and you could yeah. kind of let everything simmer and feel good about something for not just the four weeks, but the week after that because you weren't going to lose so you had a month and a half where things were good right and uh, we even noticed it here like you know from the measurables whether it be for us or for jeremy's website that was a, a run where illinois fans were actually getting legitimately excited but no one like committed or tweeted exactly. about illinois in that time and again I, I don't personally know what they're doing on that bye week but I, mean, I know they went out and tried but it's like i don't know what it says about miles smith as a recruiter or Andrew Hay Stoker's recruited if they actually did go out and pound the pavement for a week when they were honestly one of the more talked about teams in college football at that time and got no interest from anybody. Like Lovey said at his press conference, well, we offered 25 in-state kids but only one committed, shrug. And it's like, I, I get that. You can't control a kid's decision, but maybe that says something about you and your recruiting staff, right? Salespeople get fired if they don't sell. Okay. Right. And, and to you can't an extent, just go out and say, "Well, it's the winter. No one's interested in buying." Right. Shrug. And, and <laughs> this is a situation where if you can't sell your program, then you just aren't going to have success long term. And we know that if they don't do something next year, we know what twenty twenty one looks like. And clearly, the recruiting is not at a level right now that's going to fix that. And it's not going to. You aren't going to all of a sudden elevate your recruiting game because you'd have to do you'd so have exponentially. To add multiple four or five stars to even feel okay about twenty twenty one. And the grad transfer thing, which it worked. Well, that's this true. Year. That's true. Maybe but, the transfer. But, but but here's my point with that. It did work. Mike White, back then, JUCOs were sort of like grad transfers, far more of a big, you know, JUCOs were fairly common back then, um, less so now. But, uh, you know, eventually that caught up with them. And you kind of need a perfect storm of a hit rate that's really high on these grad transfers and a hit rate that's really high on these three-star kids that the other offers came from the likes of. I mean, you're right. There are some Power 5 offers. I just feel like there's a level of satisfaction of where they ended up after this year because they were so desperate to get to the bowl game that I don't want to see it go by. And then next year, your recruiting class stinks, and let's say the defense regresses more, and people go, well, wait a minute. He had a whole offseason to, to go, okay, now we're actually afloat, but I need to plug a few more holes. Right. And instead, it feels like right now he's just sort of kicking back on the boat and going, well, look hey, at we us, get we're floating now. Right. Right. Uh, a sense of, well, you should not be stagnant now, and it feels like they kind no, of No, and I don't want to say stagnant because I know they're going out there. It's just I feel a sense of, I, I caution people to feel a sense of uh, relief. With what just happened. Agreed. You know? And then to relate this back to basketball, we're talking about recruiting. And this is what makes the Underwood thing even more weird. Because the rebuild on paper has worked. Yes. Right? The talent level <laughs> is elevated to a point where you're thinking, oh my gosh, and you got Andre Cabello coming in next year, which even if it's only him, that's a win. Yeah. And certainly that would be a concern that if you fire Brad Underwood and you don't get a guy like Andre Cabello to be your point guard for four years, that's a major hit for the program. But just like with John Gross, you cannot make a coaching decision hinging on your recruiting class. And Whitman set a precedent here. Keep in mind, he fired John Gross when you had a Jeremiah Tillman. You didn't have a Mark Smith committed, but he would have. 
for John Gross. I right? think he still would have committed regardless of who the coach was. You had a Javon Pickett, which he seems to show up in Whatever, this game at least. Who cares? I know, People, I agree. We should have added Pickett. Come on. No, no. But I mean, he has shown up two games well, in a row. Pickett's shooting four for five from three against Illinois, and in the rest of his games he's shooting you know 30%. And it's like, well, yeah, but the sample size is five shots. No, exactly. I could probably find his game lines against Georgia in the SEC, and maybe he's shooting four for five from three. Like, I, I don't hate that we don't have Javon Pickett. But on paper, if we're going to go with that again, I would have to say that we know why this team's not working right now consistently. They they don't shoot the three well. And in today's game, it felt to me like a lot of old school games against good Wisconsin teams where an eight or nine point lead felt insurmountable. Classic Bruce Weber game. Like mm-hmm. you're on the road at Michigan and it's a single digit game the entire game, but you lose 54 to 48 and you're yeah, like, but, what the hell yeah, was that? Yeah, but you know what? And this might be, you know. You can disagree. I just. No, no, no. But I, I, the difference with Underwood and Weber and Weber had to go. Everyone had fatigue. Weber had fatigue at this sure. place. And in a way, this could be an Underwood-like situation. There were just where, so many games where they would muck it up. They would muck it play. up. But I don't ever remember Weber's teams being this careless. That's true. And this messy. Yeah. There were times where, certainly, the UIC game at the United Center, just a malaise, where they wouldn't show up. Or the Penn State game at home, 38-33, even though that team was a four-seed in the NCAA tournament. They stole a good year in the Big Ten. Uh, there's no precedent that's been set by Underwood so far that they can have any consistency winning. And more concerning than that is, you know, every second or third game, they come out and they lay a stinker. Like, just a really bad game. Yeah, yeah, and that's oddly, and that's a worrisome indicator. And I know we hearkened back to this last week or the week before when I mentioned that Penn State game after the run last year where you're on like a four out of five streak. You lose at Wisconsin by a few, but you feel good about it. It's probably your biggest home game of the year in terms of fanfare because the Flying Illini are back, and you lose to Penn State, and it's not even as close as it indicated, and then Brad gets a technical, and it's just it was, it was weird. That was one of those games that Macro, if if we move on from him after this year in some capacity or next year, I'm going to point back to that and go, that was one of the first indications I had where it's like something's not right here. Well, and you're saying that I mean, not only we might move on from him, but if he were to move on from us, I mean... You said how he was flighty. He was flighty at uh, Stephen F. Austin. That's because he gets the offer over at Oklahoma State and then Oklahoma State coming to here. I mean, with what he's done here, who would really want him? I mean, yeah, it's one of those things like if Mark Turgeon got fired at Maryland, he's done a good job and someone would pick him up right away. I'm not comparing the two, but I think Underwood has enough of a coaching reputation still. I mean, I don't think he's buried himself so much so that if Bruce Weber retired from Kansas State, his alma mater, Kansas State wouldn't be interested. Wouldn't that be nice? And and I say that that makes it sound like I need to be careful with that. It makes it sound like already here as we sit here today, I want Brad Underwood fired. But this ain't working right now. And the problem is, if you kind of were to gauge the fan uh, the fan base's feelings about Brad Underwood, there's no faith in this thing working, despite the raise in talent, uh, despite the fact that uh, this is now year three. Well, the the circle of excuses around him is is closing in on him, right? Because you've added the talent on paper, you have the talent. You've added the talent recruiting wise on paper. You have the talent on the team on paper. So, like the the number of uh, reasons that this isn't working that don't include Brad Underwood is is are quickly being eliminated. Well, right? it, it's it's. I mean, and I've said it with uh, Lovey Smith over in football, and to an extent, he's kind of accepted the responsibility in that. You start out with maybe not the talent that you want, and then that's your excuse. Then you bring in more and more talent, and it gets to a point where you have enough talent to do with. If you're able, if you're going to implement your 
techniques and your strategies, these are the guys that are going to do it because they're your guys. Lovey, to an extent, did that this past year. Mm-hmm. Let's give him credit for that. When he got the talent, he was able to... He doubled he was, down on himself. He doubled and down, it and it worked. paid off this year. We'll see if it does long-term. For Underwood, it's getting to a point where you have your guys. Now there's a reason that you're a basketball coach at the D1 level getting paid the well, amount that I you mean. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. he's got to be able to take a little bit of this Like this is where you prove the coaching chops, yeah. right? Like, exactly. Okay, here you go it's on not a just silver all, platter, it's prove not, it. It's not just all recruiting. If it was, then you know championships will be decided in September. Before the mm-hmm. season even started, whoever had the best recruiting class, it's who can it's who can over the course of the season actually get the job done. And it's it's just hard for me though because I don't walk away from that going, well, this is definitely not a tournament team. But I don't walk away from that going, well, this is definitely a tournament. This team. is not a tournament team, and I'll tell you why. But because we, I disagree with that. I think they could easily be a tournament team. How are they? How is how in the hell is this team? Going to be consistent enough well, to finish five hundred well, or above the, the big thing, 10. right? But like, what if the, they're consistent in their games against top ten teams to the point where they have enough quad one wins that they are? I mean, you, no, you, I, I get it. I okay, get it. I, just eighteen <laughs> to nineteen wins in a Big Ten tournament win gets you twenty wins. With a win over top five Michigan, and then if you win at East Lansing, I mean, I do think the committee, the whole Big Ten is talking this exact same way right now. Yeah, and and the thing is, is when people look at the Big Ten, which is you know. Committee wants to get as many people into the tournament from the Big Ten as they possibly can. I mean, I guess. Well, they they have. We've seen it in the past when they, what was it? You have like five teams, four of which don't have a record as good as USC, the second place team in the pack, and they make it in over them. Well, sure, because the Big Ten's stronger. Well, exactly. And that's what I'm saying. So if you have a a team, maybe not middling in, in Illinois, but a team that has enough good top tier wins, top 15 wins to offset the bad wins that they have as long as you're not losing to North Carolina A&T, which you haven't had one of those yet. At least the teams you've lost to you have almost said against Nichols. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. Oh, my God. I guess what I mean team... is, of course, if I were a betting man right now, I would say they're not an NCAA tournament team. I just mean that I can't sit here and say that I'm convinced that's the way they're going to look for the rest of the year because we've seen the inconsistencies with this group, even last year, where um, but... they are the worst team in Illinois history, but they also pull off two of the bigger upsets in Illinois history in the same season but again even with that it was the lack of consistency that we saw at the end of last year too they reverted sure. right and this team so in a matter of a four minute segment of play before the next media timeout can revert to their crappiness right just like that in right. the blink of an oh, eye i yeah, know for sure despite having you know and again i could ask myself and think okay well is part of the reason that they aren't as good as we hope for that the talent isn't at the level that we thought but i'm i'm like wait a second these are the guys I, I you wanted. Think you got enough. I don't know. I mean, that's like a bit of a Chicago Cubs debate for me, right? After the World Series, it looks like the talent is really, really good, but then you're losing in the wild card to the Rockies, and it's like, well, maybe we need to reevaluate the talent, but then I catch myself, and I'm like, no. Chris Bryant's an MVP. Javi Baez is an MVP. Anthony right. is like, no. And, and this is <laughs> frustrating, too, and I think Juan, this is a pet peeve of his, after the game, Conzo doing the whole buttering up the opponent, trying to make the win sound better than what it was, right? Oh, we beat a really good sure. Illinois team. He said, you know, barring injuries, that over there is a tournament team. And I'm like, no. I mean, they might be, as you said, Trevor. I'm not going to say 100% they're going to make the tournament. I'm going to say about 90%. Just because... really go 9 out of 10 times? Like, like if this season played out on a PS3 simulation, yeah, you think yeah. 9 out of 10 times they'd miss? Because I have no other reason okay. to believe otherwise. Whereas other Big Ten teams, Maryland, we've seen Turgeon do it. We've seen Izzo do it, of course. We've seen Michigan with a guy like Xavier Simpson. They have a veteran leader that's made the tournament every single year that he's been there. Sure. And there's still enough carryover from the B-line era to make me think that they're going to get it done. Wisconsin with Greg freaking guard. Again, probably I'm, the only other example is Penn State, right? Penn where, where State that because current coach hasn't taken that team to the tournament. And and sad to say, for Illinois, Rutgers, or is it Pinkle? Is that the guy's name? Pinkle. Pinkle. Yeah. Sorry, Pinkle was Although the guy in Missouri. Pinkle would be awesome. 
<laughs> Pinkle, yeah. Uh, but you're starting to see, though, in Ohio State, of course. Dun, 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 dun. Pink dun, Panther. Dun, dun. Would be oh, oh yeah, I got it now. I don't know if I even mentioned Chris Holman from Ohio State. But oh, you, yeah. you have six or seven teams that have, I believe, more pedigree in terms of veterans that have won at some level. And you still have a team that hasn't won squat. And you saw in a game today, not even a bragging rights atmosphere that was probably worth a it crap. Pretty, I mean, people were tweeting that it was awesome. It did not seem that awesome. No. Like, it seemed pretty dead at tip-off. How could it be at noon when Missouri doesn't even fill up their upper deck? And may, I, I'm sure Illinois didn't fill theirs up either, but I guess it was like a 60-40 split. Yeah. And I internally groan when the announcers go, well, this is the first game we've ever done with the bragging rights. It's just like they don't get it. No one no, gets it. No, no one know? gets it because it's an, it's an irrelevant thing anymore to a degree, but I still cared. I mean, even I, I wanted to win really that game. Bragging rights games. Sure. There was a game. They always seemed close, even if the final score ended like nine or ten points of a margin. Like even in the Tisdale years, right? There was one where I remember he he got called for like a what do you call it when he just grabs a guy like clear lane foul, clear or path foul, clear path. path foul, and it was like a three point game. Then Missouri hits two free throws and a three on the next possession. Illinois loses by like ten. I think it was two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Okay, uh, and, but but it was one of those games where that was a fun game. Even though the final score was Missouri seventy, Illinois sixty. Lately, these games just haven't been fun. No, and and even this, when Illinois wins, they I mean, haven't was, been fun. Th- this one was just sloppy. I mean, this game was ugly. Last year was ugly. Revante Rice buzzer beater was fun, I guess. No, it wasn't. I was there. <laughs> that game was not fun because that Illinois team had already lost to Oregon and I think Georgia yeah. Tech earlier. Or not that was the year before, but they had already lost a couple games. It wasn't where you a good knew, Missouri team. You knew they were teetering. The last on the fun edge of, year was when Tracy Abrams hit those two free throws. At I was the there for that. And that was an amazing that was what, game. Twenty thirteen. Twenty. It would have been Gross' second year. Before, year. Before, it was the year before okay. Revante. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, so 2013-14. So Gross won four in a row. Underwood won his first one. It right. is a series of streaks, and I do remember thinking. Very briefly, but again, you got to consider this is not a good Missouri team. That's I remember such a thinking lame briefly. Excuse. It's a series of streaks. How about you beat a bad Missouri team and not make it Thank a series you. of streaks, Thank right? You. Like, like you can't take excuse today's loss by going. Well, history tells you they were going to lose. I yeah. think it okay. went <laughs> since it's been bragging rights. It went Illinois, Missouri, Illinois, and that was the only time it went one back to back, back to back to right. back. And since then, it's been streaks. No, and this is a. Uh... This is a loss. I think I, I heard the announcer saying that, you know, Missouri picked to finish 13th in the SEC. Well, <laughs> we'll see about that. And I'm like, yeah, no, no we, they probably will. Oh, that's, that, that does fundamentally bother me when you get a team that comes in here or goes Illinois goes there and you lose and they go, this might be a turning point for the old Minnesota Golden Gophers who are 5-18 and 18 on the year. And then they don't do anything the rest of the year. They, they don't, don't do squat. Okay? This is Conzo Martin. It's the same thing as a running back that broke out against Illinois last year, two years ago, and they go, this freshman's pretty good. He doesn't ever record a touchdown again in his career. His right? track record suggests, at best, he's mediocre. Yeah. He'll make a tournament one out of three years. He's not making any tournament this year. And apparently Brad Underwood, at this trajectory, won't either. You mentioned the quad one wins. Yeah, I mean, Illinois could get one in Michigan State on January 2nd. Um, they could get one. I don't know if Purdue you would qualify Maryland the next home, Sunday. And Purdue at home. It's just it's just really frustrating, though, to feel like I can, I'll, I'll predict what's going to happen when you and I are sitting here in February, late February, and Illinois will be, let's say, 17 and 12. Yeah, Okay. right. And they'll have to win. That would have to get put like four regular season games left, and then Big Ten tournament. And we'll just I, we can predict it right now. So it almost it doesn't render these games meaningless. I'm just tired of a script I've already seen. No, I get it. You I know? totally get it. It's just I've never known any other script. And that I feel so it's like well, this is like gross. Sure, this is like Weber post 2005. Yeah, that's just Illinois basketball. I'm being serious. <laughs> like I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> no, no, no. I get it. And I just had a thought. This is when you know it gets bad. 
this is one indicator is Twitter. Um, Josh Whitman had a very nice post, and he sent out at halftime. So not before the game, but halftime when Illinois was down three. And at that point, you knew it was a bad first half, but there was still hope that you, you know, come I back I didn't up. think they were going to lose until the moment I had was I had come up. Uh, I was listening to the game on the radio. One of DeMonte's missed layups? No, 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 not that, not that. It was, it was, he has no lift. It was, it wasn't more so one play. It was, I had gotten back from, uh, from the gym and I got back right when halftime had ended. So the score was something like 35 28. Yep. And then I take, um, I take out, uh, my girlfriend's dogs for a walk. And it takes, you know, five minutes each one. I'm out there, come back 15 minutes later. Illinois had scored two points. Yeah, they had a they had one field goal and, and six turnovers in the first ten minutes of the second. Half. And 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 the weird thing was it was it was went from thirty five twenty eight to like thirty five thirty. And for a moment, I'm like, well, basketball sometimes there's stoppages in play. But then I look at the clock, and there had been a couple minutes. So not, I mean, it's not just Illinois. It, Missouri was not really lighting the world on fire. No, either. especially not in the second half. Not, I mean, no one was for the first like twelve the second minutes. Half of the second half, especially. I mean, yeah. they were just handing you but opportunities. Then, but, but then the fact that you're just, I mean, they kept showing that stat. Two a nine, two a twelve, two of a uh, thirteen field goal percentage for Illinois they in the second about half. Fifteen percent in the second half. It I was think, yeah. dreadful, and they weren't right. they weren't all like threes or jump shots. You no. were missing layups. That sucks when you have a half like that. Yeah, I was thinking like, what other sport is like that, where you could do everything right? And I'm not saying <laughs> Illinois was doing anything everything right by any means, but like if you're a pitcher and you are on your A plus game, you you might throw a no hitter if you're yeah. pinpointing your fastball. If you're a football, if you're a quarterback, and you are on your A plus game like Joe Burrow fitting in those little tight yeah. pockets, you're gonna have a really good you don't day just fall completion wise. Yeah. You could be on your A plus basketball game, be a three point shooter, and just miss ten shots and shrug. Well, it's 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 a game of streaks, it's a game of I just you momentum. have no control over the ball rimming out. None. Yeah. I'd be, and I'm, again, I'm not saying Illinois was on her A-plus game and the ball was rimming out. That was not the case. No, there was bad luck involved. But it is weird to think that even at your best, you could just not make shots because that's basketball. But y- you couple the the rim jobs, so to speak. Nice. <laughs> A couple of them, huh? Yeah, you couple that with the poor... I, I, I can't say lifeless. Like no, I, I think there were stretches of lifeless performance in this game, which out of all of them Gotta makes no sense. And this is when you know uh, this it. is when you know it's getting bad though, is because Josh Whitman had and this was at halftime this when is it came. This is how we know it's getting bad. This is how we know it's tweet getting bad. about his wife. Yeah, it was just a nice tweet that they had met, I guess, at a Bragg and Rights game back in twenty fourteen, which I think would have been an Illinois win. That might have been the Ray Rice buzzer beater. Because I was talking with a friend today. It was like five years ago um, today. If I were a woman we were at that game it. sitting next to Josh Whitman, I don't know how I wouldn't fall in love with him exactly. after watching Ravante Rice knock down that three. <laughs> this is incredible. Yep. I need Elon. to be a part of this for the rest of my life. <laughs> so here are some of the replies. Matt says, start looking for a new basketball coach now. No happy anniversary <laughs> or anything. Can you read the replies of the Underwood uh, Papa Dells thing after this? Yes. Because those are amazing if you still have those somewhere. <laughs> I need to find it. I, I will. Uh, let's see here. Um, you brought brought her to the game today? Poor girl. Um, oh, come on. <laughs> wow. Good story. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> Just me. How about doing your job and hire a new men's basketball and football coach instead of the two absolute losers we have? That one's just literal. People yeah. are a-holes. Come your on. man Brad can't coach. And then the last one says, do something about your poopy, other word, athletic programs you're in charge of. Turdy. So not it's even probably turdy. turdy. Yeah, yeah right, it's a right. turdy. You don't I'm have sorry. To that I, I just didn't want to necessarily <laughs> yeah, say sure, that. Sure. Now the Papa Dolls. <laughs> <laughs> this would have been after the Maryland game, and I got to find. I'm this. sorry, you'll have to go way back. I will. But the best part was the sign behind him and the grammatical error on the sign. Yeah, 
printed by uh, who the I, who I, checks I don't know that? Who does you it, it says Mondays at seven, but the uh, the apostrophe s. Yeah. Like okay, so Monday what day would that have been? Uh, three. Oh, gosh, I don't know. <laughs> well, what it, was it, this it was Monday? Mo- it was a Monday. So this the, Monday was the December second. Okay. Yep. Or December ninth, yeah. maybe. Or December ninth. One of the two. I think you sent it in our group thread. If you don't want to look all the way back on Twitter. Um. I, can't, I think no, I have it. I think I have it. Okay, some, here we go. Here we go. Somehow meshed Underwood complaints and Papadell's complaints. And <laughs> yes, it was it's really so good. Funny. Okay. Thanks to Papadell's Pizza for hosting the Fighting Illini Sports Network Coaches Show tonight. Can't beat pizza emoji and basketball emoji. It's a weird picture of him. Hashtag Illini. looks like he's... He's cheesing. Yeah. Him and uh, Brian yep, Barnhart. Yep, yep. So this... Uh, cheesing at Papadell's. So this cheesing is from Brad Underwood's account. So some of the replies include... Uh, the plural of Monday is Mondays, not Monday with an apostrophe. Come on, Illinois is better than that. And then someone replies Agreed. to that. Um, well, if a case of the Mondays involves being upset that your favorite team peed down its leg not once but twice in big time games, then yes, I have it. <laughs> From Dave, how about getting a win against a Power 5 team sometime this decade? From Jimmy, the Ron Zook of basketball! Exclamation point. From Colin, how about we play our best player in the final minute tomorrow? This is the day before they beat Michigan. When does the Good. pizza enter the conversation, yeah. though? <laughs> uh, you're right. It's it's somewhere here, and it might be one of those flagged comments yeah, because probably. there was cursing in it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. <laughs> mm. And then you got a nice one like, Papa Dells is the best. Good luck, coach. So you got this, you still got this covered in there. <laughs> when you yell at players for making mistakes, that only makes them afraid to make errors. Hmm. Let's see. Where's uh? Here's the thing with stuff like that. Harry's not going to agree with that. Well, with stuff like that, that's yeah, but like they aren't you, tough though. Clearly, something's not right. But here's the, the thing: tough guy approach is here, not working with this team. Here's the thing: when you start talking to a coach about how he should coach, I mean, there's a reason you're in the stands and he's down there on the courts because what because sure. what he's done has worked at some extent in the past. I think the only thing I would say with that is, me personally, if I got those kinds of uh, you know conversations where I'm chewed out all the time every day. It would start to just fall on deaf ears. Exactly. Right? Like, like if, like Lon was saying the other day, Lon Kruger never swore ever. But there, I remember so, distinctly twice. Right. So in when he's done, everybody's like, "Holy bleep!" Listen to coach. Whereas if Underwood's just this like tirading monster all the time, at a certain point, if you're Kipper and you're just getting chewed out every practice, like you're just gonna walk into Monday practice and be like, "Well, whatever." I'm gonna F get you, chewed coach. Out again. You yeah. know, huffing and puffing, and it just isn't registering for some reason because this team is not tough. They are soft. If we want to use a very cliche term, I get it, but they are not a tough team. So if we're talking well, again, about culture, their two slogans are just, toughness and everyday I mean, guys, and the me, two things they, they haven't not every day, yeah. <laughs> the two things they haven't been are everyday guys and tough. And okay. This is a complete aside, but don't tell me any team in basketball is tough. Basketball players, I mean, that oh, might be, can rude, be but I mean, uh, it's not football. Flopping and falling over, say, uh, it's bull, not soccer. Bullpen though. pitchers, I'll I'll join you on that one. Bullpen pitchers, yeah, you know, they oh, complain yeah, that they're pitch only for like three days. You like see him out three... there with his arm in a in a sling with ice on it. Yeah. Well, he pitched ten days ago. He he, he had him, one good inning. Get him the cart so he doesn't have to <laughs> walk to the mound. <laughs> like, Here's some more tweets okay, about the Papa Dolls thing. Uh, that was I just said the one about yelling at players, yep. right? Okay. Uh, you should take more timeouts in between free throws that cost your team chances to win. This one just says Underwood equals loser. <laughs> I love the, the, the lack of thought in these comments. The best one was just shut the F up. And then that person replied to themselves and said, F you too, Papa Dells. Your pizza is all crust. <laughs> oh, man. So it's just the person just came out and said, Shut the F up. And they're like, Wait, I'm not done yet. Your pizza sucks <laughs> too. You too, Papa Dells. Man, it's. Uh, uh, Twitter is a cluster. But but this is the thing. You go to Instagram, same thing. And oh, yeah, sort of, yeah. Because I, I understand. We've talked about this before, and it's low hanging fruit. And I, I'm not going to go this direction fully again. But, you know, these Twitter outlets, for the most part, people that would reply, 
to an Illini official account on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook are going to be like, you know, orange and blue diamonds like, ah, you know, Oski. Sure. And now you're starting to get just plain cynicism all over it. Our coach sucks. I'm tired of losing. Come on, Alana Your AD. Pizza you sucks. Right. And and but it, it makes sense because this if we were to ask ourselves, okay. Josh Whitman came here in twenty fifteen. End of twenty fifteen or early twenty sixteen? Uh it was was it March? Because it was right That's right. It was February, maybe. February, early March. Because twenty sixteen. It was within a few weeks he hired Lovey. Lovey was March and he was here for a little bit before that. It might have been it was like February. I okay, think. so he gets hired. We will win is the mantra. Um, he wins every press conference he's in. And for the most part, I, I still appreciate the way that he communicates uh, with a couple slip ups. But for the most part, he is uh, I think he thinks about what he says. And I appreciate an athletic director that um, is careful with words and uh, doesn't try to to put too much hyperbole. I think out he's there. doing everything. If you were to look at everything he does as far as how he presents himself to the media and like the hires he's made, it's not like he's doing anything where you scratch your head and you're like, what is he doing? He's no, doing he hasn't the had right that moment. Well, he's I, I think he moment. balances his exposure well, mm-hmm. right? He's not yeah. on the radio every week, but he's also not this complete hermit who never comes out of his office. Like Mike yeah. Thomas here. Uh, well, we're going to have a new... So, I mean, I, I can't imagine when they did that with Mike Thomas. I mean, I, how would he have questions yeah, each what week? What are the questions every week after every single football game or in the summer when nothing's happening? So, uh, Mike, we understand that you guys extended the contract with Coca-Cola products. <laughs> well, you know, we talked to RC and they just didn't quite <laughs> have the numbers we wanted. And the fizzy sweetness of a cold Coca-Cola <laughs> on a summer day. <laughs> so uh, the point being, though, that when he inherited this program, we would agree it was not in a great, great position. Yep, and everyone you, was willing to give him a leash as long as he wanted. Right, right. More, more or less, right. That was 2016. It's 2019 entering 2020. How much better, objectively speaking, are these programs? Well, basketball, you want to say, is any better. It's not. And I think, I think for football, you've kind of... There's always going to be a reset button, but I mean, and you checked the check mark. The check mark football, of you right? need to get to a bowl game, and you have gotten better each year. And I know it's been chaotic how you've done so. It's kind of like you're just ocean floor, ocean floor, ocean floor, now just skyrocketing up over the last maybe month and a half. The ocean floor is really deep, by it the way. It is, you my don't goodness. Know what's There's down so there. much water down there. There's great Reddit threads about the creepiest sounds you've ever heard, and there are sounds from the deep sea yeah. that they can't, it's so deep that they don't even know what it it's is. It's like 2% discovered. Well, like, yeah, we there know could more. Legitimately, be Godzilla's down there, we, and you course, don't know. We know more about the uh, outer sp- outer space than we do about the ocean floor. Weird, wow. which is weird. And yeah. I think, weird. I mean, it's easier to discover more about outer space because there's no pressure. You can build any kind of ship. You make, make like a ship out of aluminum. Most ships are that go up there. the The one that's still on the moon, it's like made out of tin foil. The one they landed on, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, did not know that. It? Yeah. I mean, well, actually, I do remember a scene in Apollo 13 where they talk about how it was essentially a layer of aluminum foils yeah. in one part of their uh, command module. Can't bring that I'm down so, to the ocean floor. No, true. you cannot. I'm so fatigued by those movies. By the way, like Ad Astra is supposed to be a good movie. Heard it was a clunker. It's fine. I just I don't care. Like I've seen too many guys lost in space trying to get to the moon in the last five years. Is that the space movie where something goes wrong and they're in space and it seems hopeless, but then they make it? No, it's more that they usually you know. <laughs> which is all I, was, I, I was I was scanning about twenty five movies in my head. People have been that. trying to remake the movie Contact in a yeah. weird way. Like it's yeah, yeah, always. Yeah. Oh, I love space travel movies. That's a good too. movie. It is. I've never seen it. 
The, well, South the Park. ending is odd. The <laughs> ending is very odd. <laughs> There's this great South Park joke where Mr. Garrison gets a nose job, and he's recovering afterwards, and he starts throwing up profusely, and it's like, oh, no, is it the anesthesia? He's like, oh, no, I just remembered it was that damn contact, and it was... <laughs> And a binger, damn father, and just worst <laughs> yeah. twist ever. And I remember as a kid Terrible thinking that's pretty ending. lame. Uh, but they've all been been trying to remake that where you travel, but there's something like I miss my daughter. At there's, home. There's, yeah, there's I an miss emo- my there's mom. An emotional hook, right? Yeah, and it's just who cares? Now, like two thousand one, two thousand one was good. Works because of the lack of emotion. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so sterile. But there's no just straight space adventures anymore. No. Well, I mean. Fake space adventures like Star Wars. Sure, and, uh, I thought that worked. We'll get to that in a second. Star Wars. Spoiler free. Okay, but anyways, we were talking about if it's in any better position now than it was in 2016, and unfortunately, you would have to. <laughs> My pick... answer is like yes. No, I don't know if it is. Football, Question mark. <laughs> if you're saying from 2016 football, I mean, I mean you got a new facility, right? Based on and, this yeah. year, football, you would have to say is trending in the right direction. Basketball, it's it's leveled off. I'm I just mean, uh, no improvement, but no deprovement because you're kind of at the, the lowest thing. point like, you Football is a, a, a slight uptick in just stock, because of the last basketball couple basketball is like a flat line and stock. this is yeah. the other thing too that i want to be careful of. floor because we have the easiest thing to say because most of it is true the easiest thing to say is man mike thomas did number on this athletic program right that's the easiest thing to say but you need to be careful with that because it'd be the same thing as blaming a president two terms ago we're getting to that point where we are. Mike Thomas yeah. is essentially two terms ago yeah. that you last had him doing anything with this athletic program. Well, that's what I mean about like the malaise over recruiting classes right. too, right? Like you're conditioned, and I'm me with basketball. You're conditioned to be like, well, you're going to get some diamonds in the rough, three stars, and that's how we're going to do things. Mm-hmm. And now it's like five years into that, and you're like, well, wait a minute, or you should be. Wait a minute. We're five years into this. Why are we still counting on diamonds in the rough? And, and the other measurable here is nationally speaking. How relevant are you? And not as if you were that relevant in 2012 or 2013 <laughs> no. to begin with. And in fact, the last time this basketball program would have been nationally relevant would have been back in John Gross's first year because of the splashy wins that they had. Yes. They were this random out of nowhere top 10 team in December. You were the lead on SportsCenter the morning after Indiana, obviously. But of I course. remember SportsCenter used to open in the good old days with like an audio clip and a highlight from something. Yeah. And it, yeah, was, they, it, was, yeah. it was Brian Barnard's voice calling. The, and I thought, I woke up going to, I don't know, like freshman year of high school, I think it was, or something, sophomore year of high school. And I thought, our local guy's voice is on SportsCenter. Yeah, I remember, like, I remember so cool. many times in the Lon Kruger Bill Self era where I would wait until the 10 o'clock Sports Center, And I knew that in the first segment, they were going to have the Illinois the game. A block. Yeah, in the A block, where it would be Illinois-Michigan State, specifically the Paint the Hall Orange game, the first one, back in 2001 between Illinois-Michigan State. It was an early 6 o'clock tip, and then afterwards, everybody in the neighborhood came back to our, our family's place. It was just essentially a party on a Tuesday night, and watching that sports center and being like, well, we matter. We mean something. And even reflecting last week on the Bragging Rights game, and I've been there five times, and I've seen them win four times. And yeah, Illinois still has a handle on the series overall, but it was so much different back in 2006, walking through Union Station and having an actual sense of pride about the team in which you, the team that you rooted for. And now it's just I put on my Illini shirt today because I was like, well, I should probably wear 
an Illini thing to go watch the so game. So you're saying like you're logically reasoning why you're wearing Illini gear instead of just emotionally It's a formality it. now. Okay. It's not a, I'm going to don my orange and blue and oh, here we... And I'll I, probably get that now that I'm not in school, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think age is a part of it. Yeah. There's, I mean, I'm 12 years older than players that I'm getting frustrated with. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know the guy for one. <laughs> yeah. And like when I get frustrated Kipper, I'm like, wait a second. He's 21, 22. Yeah. Why, why do I care? Why do I care about them losing? But I know why. Why would a 45-year-old man on Twitter care what a 22-year-old has to say? I don't know. <laughs> Are you mentioning anyone in specific? Uh, no. No, of course. Some people just can't grow up. Or his That's initials, I, DT. When you wish upon a... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Whatever, okay. whatever. Uh, no, but it's... Oh, that guy, that guy oh too, now yeah. I get mm-hmm. it. No, no. It's because just... Because it sounds like his name. What? It, and, and, and right now, happened. I feel like I ran into a, a kind of wall in discussing how I feel about it because you mentioned the word apathy earlier and there is an element of that because again today frustrated was in bits and spurts of that game but at the end of it all right well I got to go pick up some ice from the store I'll see you guys later right. and that's exactly right. what I did I right. picked up ice at the store put on some music in my car and the game was over I've reached we my move quote on. of you know throw the remote this is unacceptable because I don't know it's like someone came home and they wrecked the car every night and you kept saying honey this is unacceptable and then the 10th night you know, they come home. Well, I wrecked the car again. It's like, well, what are you going to say? Like, it's like you're. It's like you're. Uh, what? What the ground? What? What do you say? Is it's never worst case. You, you used to say something on the show. It's never ground floor. Like things can always get worse, kind of thing. Oh, when people uh, what's, say, what's, what's the line? Um, this is uh, rock bottom. Rock, rock bottom. bottom. And yeah. I used to say, no, nothing's that's, rock bottom. Because we can I, lose I North Carolina and T next week. That's the week. same argument sure. as like, well, Illinois lost today because history dictates Missouri will win. No, no. How about you just oh buck the trend? Like, <laughs> here's the best one. The person deleted the tweet, but someone screenshotted it. They said, "Hey, calm down, Carp." And I could not tell if this is sarcasm or not. They said, mm-hmm. "Calm down, Carp." Coach K went 13 and 17 as third year Duke, and. They promptly deleted it, which leads me to believe that it was a serious tweet. It would have been—I I thought it was funny, whether it was serious or sarcastic. It was a funny tweet because that is just a total. Well, this happened once in the history of college basketball, therefore it may happen <laughs> yep, here. Yep, which right. I can't say that there's zero percent chance of that no, happening. But the fact, that, but anyone deductively reasoning using that as their only uh, logic behind it is just dumb. Yeah, they're one in the same. The greatest coach in college basketball history and Brad Underwood. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a different like life example of that you know it's like well it, it usually happens with coaches i mean you look at uh joe torrey did nothing with st louis and then he did it over at uh and the yankees but then again this is where people want to make examples of like kind of little like the exceptions teeny, to the rule become the reason why it's okay to yeah suck which it, is n- not logical <laughs> yeah. at all which right? people then forget well you know 99 times out of 100 if a coach loses for his first three years it's because he's not a good basketball coach <laughs> right no and the other thing to that you mentioned tory how he didn't really win with the cardinals then he goes to the yankees and you could look at the rosters as being a big part of that that makes me think that Chris Holtman, I could look at him and say, well, he might not be having the same level of success at Illinois just because Ohio State's Ohio State. But what makes it all the more frustrating, and this goes to your point, Trevor, about your reality as an Illini fan is far different than mine. And I feel bad that you didn't even get really, in terms of the age in which you became a serious fan. Like my younger serious fan moments are memories of DJ Richardson crying on the bench when you're down 30 to Nebraska. (laughs) You know what I mean? So how can I get mad at that? Right, right. You know, that's, uh, that's all I've yeah. seen. Yeah, and and to that point, uh, I was just thinking about how, um, you know, when the context is Ohio State, they can go from coach to coach and be just fine. I remember distinctly a 15, 20-year period where Illinois was just better than Ohio State. 
they were a better basketball program. Now, they didn't have the national title, which Ohio State had way back in, you know, I think, the 50s. They had a couple in the 70s. 19, Dickety 3. I remember looking. I was going to say Dickety 2. It's weird. <laughs> I was looking up a couple oh, months ago. Two. Yeah, one oh, before Dickety 3. Yeah. There you go. I was looking up the success of all the Big or Big Ten schools. It was some kind of segment we did on Tay and Carp like months and months ago. And I had never known that Ohio State had a run. It was either in the 60s or 70s where they won the Big Ten like every year. Yeah, no, they had an amazing – and they are a top four Big Ten basketball program. But it, for a long time, it was Indiana tops. Yeah. It would have probably been Michigan, historically more so than Michigan State. Michigan State's just like the last 20 years. But the five, <clears throat> the five programs would have been Indiana, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Illinois. All interchangeable for the most part. And you would get the Gene Cady Purdue era. I don't know what Purdue was really like before Gene Cady. I'd have to look Not up historically. Much, I don't think. And he didn't make a Final Four when he was there. Yeah. And then you have Iowa, which, yeah, they had Lute Olson and they had Tom Davis, but they've always been Iowa, right? They, they can have the occasional season where they're top 15, but they're making tournaments maybe every other year. Mm-hmm. They aren't that consistent threat. Illinois was that consistent team along the likes of an Ohio State. So I, I see Chris Holtman doing this over at Ohio State, and I'm thinking, my God, the further and further we get away from making tournaments, is it just going to become harder and harder to eventually get back to it? Is there some sort of psychological barrier? Is there some sort of thing that, like, um, I, I just watch maybe. it as... Well, I, mean, I, I don't, I don't inherently buy that because you stink for longer and longer doesn't mean you're never able to get back well i would imagine that and maybe this isn't the biggest contributing factor but the further and further you get from the last time you were in the tournament maybe if you have a year where you're a little bit better than normal people deciding who's going to get in and who's going to be left out are going to go with if you're with a team say you fit you finish uh 20 and 12 with a similar resume to kentucky who do you think's getting in well, Kentucky. Yeah, I, I would say go. North Carolina because they're losing Cole Anthony, who was their best player. They'll probably have something like a twenty and thirteen record. But I got to be well, honest. I was just for example, Illinois. Yeah, yeah. Illinois's not got never gotten in my memory. They've never gotten screwed out of a tournament appearance, and they probably got lucky in 07 when well, they got a twelve seed yeah, with Weber. Right that's that. because though, because you've had a history of being one of those top five teams in the Big Ten. Like yeah, you and said. a consistent four to, four or five seed in the tournament. So it's harder to leave them out when there's sure. an argument for them. Where yeah, the benefit exactly. of the doubt is gone now, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is from Hans. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Hans. He had tweeted out after the game. He said, negatives. Illinois lost to a bad Mizzou team, and we missed easy shots. Positives. Mark Smith still sucks. <laughs> and then nice, someone retweeted Hans. him, presumably Missouri fan, because he's got a tiger emoji, and said, positive, you suck. Oh, we got him. Oh, no. He said, they're, tr- they're trying to kill me out here. And he didn't they're say trying. To kill me he said, they're, tr- they're trying to. He didn't say trying to. They're trying to. T-R-Y-N-A. Hans, Godspeed. I've had those interactions before. Can I say that I absolutely love those? What's that? I get so excited when people come at me on Twitter. I love it. I don't anymore. I have a little bit of a lawyer thing in me where I kind of like arguing a side. You're like Will Kane. You see, but and I did that. And for me, I mute people, which might sound like a cop-out, like I don't want to engage in the discussion. Here's when I mute someone. When the conversation goes away from, well, hey, here's what I saw, and this is why I think the way I think, right? I'm always able or willing to engage in a conversation that's like, hey, I don't agree with so you, and here's why. you're saying. Yeah, yeah, when it's, I don't agree with you, and here's why. I'm uh-huh. like, great, okay, let's go with that. Uh, but when it becomes this sort of like, oh, here you go again, you know, or uh, essentially pigeonholing me into this idea that I'm, you know, negative Illini fan or something like that, when there's just no other way to be, unfortunately. There's been nothing to make us... I mean, us you po- could be positive, but I don't know yeah, why but you then would I be, yeah. Then I would be throwing out any sort of evidence. Sure. And saying, well, listen, guys, Brad Underwood's only in his third year, and Coach K was 13 and 17 his third year. <laughs> yeah. Reasoning there, man. Yep. 
Well, we've been an hour through this show talking bragging rights, and I think an we could, we've essentially covered yeah, everything we need been. to about that. I mean, listen, they're going to beat North Carolina, AT&T. That's a book it. not at and They're playing two oh. teams? It's like Trinidad and Tobago. Oh, oh God. That's the worst. Don't mention that to Juan. <laughs> I had a great uh, dinner with Juan last night. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. At Scooties. Yes. Scooties. <laughs> yep. Wow, Hans is just going back and forth with people. What is he now? I need to hear some of this. If he sucked you guys, this is someone else. If Mark Smith sucked, you guys wouldn't be upset. The fact is, y'all still talking about him, so dot, 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 dot. And someone, and Hans said he didn't score a point. What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. This is how he said it. He didn't score a point. What do you mean? And then someone Mm. said, this is a hilarious self-burn. You're admitting that our best player didn't score a point. We still won by seven. You see, and I got to agree with that to an extent, because with Mark Smith, in a way, him not scoring makes today's result even more sure. unbearable. Someone said he he had seven threes the other night. He doesn't suck. Hans said LMAO. That was against Southern Illinois. LMAO. <laughs> and then <laughs> someone Laughing said, y'all are acting off. like your whole team didn't only make two three-pointers. And Hans said, yeah, we played bad, dot, 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 and only lost by seven. <laughs> claws out man oh yeah there's just i got no juice to fight missouri fans i mean what they i didn't realize that i don't hate missouri until the game starts and i don't know what that says about how much i actually hate missouri you know what i mean like within the game I'm like oh i don't like these guys so maybe we're programmed but then i immediately forget like i'm already to the point of apathy where it's like and i probably wouldn't be if we'd won right Mm -hmm, but i'm probably i'm already to the point where it's like eh, whatever i'll worry about missouri next year I just I just don't care. Well, not about the uh, the result of the game. For me, it's just I I'm not a big social media feuding guy because you're basically you're just you're hiding behind a screen. I, I, I wish mean, you would have responded to Thiessen though. I did I after think. he said you, you should eat crow. You did. You said something I like. I said, "Who are you?" <laughs> and, that's, is, and, that, and then he didn't respond to me because but you were being was, legitimate, like because you texted us and said, "Who is this guy? Who is this guy?" Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't know the legend that is David Thiessen. No. Oh. Yeah. Well, he doesn't have a picture of himself for his profile, so, mm-hmm. I mean, how am I supposed to even know what he looks like? We're giving him too much on-air exposure. Yeah, yeah, right we'll win that. Anyway, hey, but. just a reminder, of course, that our sponsors, because I, I didn't do the opening yeah. segment, uh, DP Dough, you can smuggle in either double cheeseburgers oh, those- or McDonald's. I'd recommend that you smuggle in a at least the the buffer calzone. tots. Get a whole buffer bag tots, of those yeah. buffer tots. Just put the red hot ranch all over. Mm. Oh my god! Okay. And it's actually spicy, which I like. Yeah. Sometimes it'll go like the kicking ranch or something, and it's well, like yeah. you put it on and it doesn't taste any different well, th- than ranch. Yeah, ranch. I mean, there's nothing wrong with ranch, but it's not. It tastes more so like hot sauce with a little ranch yeah. flavor yeah, yeah, than yeah, yeah. ranch, which I like. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. That was probably the worst Counting Crows album. There's nothing wrong with ranch. There's nothing wrong uh, with ranch. That yep. was my favorite one from yeah, that. The album covers a little bit weird. Adam Duritz. Just covered in ranch. In a bathtub full of ranch. Yeah. Well, see, that's, <laughs> that's like I, what he did. Yeah, I took a picture of myself a couple oh, right. a couple months ago with a monocle. So it was really an homage to Counting Crows, of course. Yes. yes. Well, but my album cover would be called uh, Another Day on the Ranch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, ranching wow. out, like branching out. Yes. Maybe it could be like your country covers album. It's like ranching out. It could be Harry uh, in a cowboy hat and a bathtub full of ranch dressing. Parentheses B and then ranching out. <laughs> <laughs> ranching, just as ranching, not ranching. <laughs> With a with an apostrophe yeah. at the end yeah, of the yeah. end, yeah. we get it. We get it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm clear. Uh, what were we talking about, Missouri? Or, oh what no, DP Doe. I mean, poor DP yeah. Doe. I'm giving them these reads, and then we go in these diversions. <laughs> I know how they know that they're they're getting the best of us. I love That's DP Doe. I do oh, too. And, and, and it's not me is, just saying that. It's really uh, good. And you know, it's funny because we were talking at Esquire. We made a pact at the end of that game that we aren't going to go out anywhere for the bowl game because then it's four hours 
of your time away from home and what could potentially be a total craparama. So why not for the less the, successful version of Futurama? By yes, the way. of course. Why not for the Redbox Bowl order in a bunch of calzones? Sure. And have a calzone party. Yeah. yeah. At yeah. least at least one calzone for each person, but then get a couple boxes of the buffer tots. Yes, okay. the buffer tots are a great way uh, to supplement your calzone um, desires. Desires. Yes. Because, By the way, it- <laughs> because as much as we Whoa. love calzones, <laughs> you can only eat like maybe one tops, one and a half calzones. Those are big things. It's like, bread and you cheese. You see them yeah. and you think like toppings. Okay, it's kind of a hot pocket thing, right? Yeah. But then you eat half of it, and it's kind of like a Papadels thing where it hits you like mm-hmm. a, yeah. yeah, and you're just like you just want to use the other half of it as a pillow and just fall. Asleep. And when yeah. you consider how filling it is, the price is all the better. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of meat and stuff in that for yeah. uh, State Farm agent Brian Hansen. Is there any diversion we can go off with? with well, insurance? I was going to mention that I don't know how Brian got the domain Brian is my guy. I know. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. That's a great domain. So Not you bad. can go to Brian is my guy.com for all your insurance needs. Guy.com and see, see what, what happens. Up. See what happens. Get all I'm kinds of concerned. bad websites. Uh, for auto, home, life, business, renters, any sort of insurance, it is BrianIsMyGuy.com. And if you are not full-on cynical Illini fan and you need some new swag, here's the thing. I, I try to look for cool Nike Illini stuff. Just doesn't really I exist. feel like Nike yeah. hates Illinois this year. If you look on the Nike website, they don't even list Illinois as one of the teams yeah. that they sponsor anymore. So the Nike stuff is garbage. And I, I buy most anything with a swoosh on it. And there's nothing Illini swoosh related that uh, compels me to buy it fourth and kirby.com has vintage inspired one i apparel and these are on kind of like the t-shirts that look old timey you know they look worn like junk food um, that's a brand that that, that I, oh that always oh. does like really not like junk food <laughs> like trying McDonald's to figure out how to spin like that. that for this um, yeah. no no mm, junk, junk food, food is a t-shirt junk food is kind of like the uh you know how sports was Mitchell 47 or, you know, Mitchell yeah, and Ness? It's uh, Mitchell and Ness, and then there was like brand, 40, 47 brand 47. Brand 47, yeah. Junk yeah. food would be like if you saw us. I thought for some reason we were the same thing. Uh, junk food is like if you see a shirt that says uh, the Flintstones and it's faded. Hmm. That would be a, a junk faded shirt. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then we have, they're of course. They're also way more comfortable than oh my God, the, yeah. the athletic type shirts. They, they get so stiff after you yeah. wash them a few times. It's like. Yeah, they're like made know. out of cotton. Yeah. Fourthandkirby.com, junk food sports t shirts. There you go. Yeah. Yes. Uh, of course, the Lana Inquirer and Champagne Showers Podcast Network. So that's just the formalities there. As we what we we uh, well, deviate this is from it for us. This is so we, we were going to play a little. Remember when? Is that correct? I have no idea. We can. We Did you get clips, Harry? Do we have those or no? Clips? I mean, I have some timestamps. Okay. I, I could. I was going halfway to clips. He's yeah. Timestamps. Halfway to clips. Their first album, actually, by the Counting Crows. No kidding. Yeah. Well, which is part of the series of Halfway to Something Something because Halfway to Worrytown follows. Uh, I oh, think right, so, right, yeah. right, right, right. Are we back on Halfway to Worrytown? I think we're oh, actually. Yeah. Like, we're probably yeah. stationed in. We're Worrytown. on the Schneid. We're on. On the Schneid. On the Schneid. Got to give Isaac Ambrose credit. He did pretty good with the beer yeah, yeah, last he week. jumped right in there and started singing. So some programming notes. Of course, Harry has two more episodes today. And then Harry and I will either do a pre or post. I, I think maybe post bowl would be yeah, better. Because if we do a pre and they come out and they lose 48 to 3. <laughs> That'll be the last thing is me just saying, I think they're going to win 42 to 10. So we'll do it. I mean, I don't know if you're doing anything New Year's Eve. We could do that day. Actually, I was going to get a massage on New Year's Eve. Wow. That's not even a joke. No kidding. That's, I was planning on it. I've yeah. never in my life gotten a massage. Oh, it's great. Uh, they're, 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 I haven't you, either. It's like, you know, it's like when you know when someone's like basically playing with your hair and you want them to keep going, but they don't. Glad you said hair. <laughs> yeah. This is what else could podcast. I possibly have said? 
No, but we already know, talked about shots that were going around the rim, and we've already talked about yeah, seriously. But that's handsy. just basketball, and yeah, hands and basketball, mm-hmm. hands and balls. But who knows? I do actually know what you're talking about. But yes. then you just want them to, to keep going, but they're like, my hands are getting tired. These people have to because it's their job. Aha! Yeah, that's about all I had. <laughs> Force them to use their hands. That's Yeah-ha. great. So Isaac Ambrose popped on last week, and I'm paying you to do what I. Okay. We we knew about what three weeks ago, a month ago, that Harry was going to be moving on to ESPN. So we're like third mic, third mic. What do we do? Because Trevor and I could do it ourselves, but there is something nice about the flexibility of having a third mic in case. You know, listen, things happen, uh, things come up, whether it be we well, not school even for out you. the room. Yeah, well, there, yeah, seriously. And uh, so Isaac Ambrose sat in with us last week, and we knew him back from Tay and Carp as an intern, which for some reason I thought he was there last summer, like 2018. No, it was this summer. It's because I feel like Tay and Carp lasted three and a half years, and it actually lasted one and a half And years. it feels like it ended two years ago in a weird it way. It feels like it ended forever ago. It's insane. Yeah, doesn't it? So Isaac Ambrose will be joining us as a third mic beginning in 2020. We're excited for that. Great dude. And part of the thing that we, you know, Trevor and I were talking about for a third mic is you want someone that you can... You need somebody you can get along with. You need someone that you can talk casually off the air about whatever. Because if you don't have any chemistry just having a conversation, then what's the point, right? Yeah. Uh, so Isaac is someone that I'm excited to see kind of grow into that role. And uh, talented kid, cool kid. I say kid. He's Trevor's age. It also he helps to not have any reservations or reasons why you can't just speak your mind about it too, right? Yeah, exactly. So excited to have Isaac. But at the end of the day, and Isaac knows this too, having been part of the Tane Carp show over the summer, there is no replacing Harry Black. And uh, this is going to be kind of weird because I I not done a lot of reflection on it. Almost. Are you guys like, going to do it like exit interview style? On, yes, on, we on could. I I didn't even think about it. But we could do some. I'm really bad at all this stuff, right? Well, I'll like, start. I'll be I'll like, start. well, to you, Harry. Be, I'll start with <laughs> the, the initial memory of Harry Black. Now, there was one that was a few years before he ever set foot in the radio okay. station. Oh, the Twitter fight, right? No, well, I don't. Well, with well, Jeremy, that's the first impression I had. You of got Harry. a Twitter fight with Jeremy? Yeah, because that's it how was I, the offensive line comment where he said he's not sure. What was it? I'm Jeremy not sure said, if, "I'm not sure if the second string offensive line is this bad or if the first string uh, defensive line is this good." Uh, he put that in training camp. Obviously, I was a second string offensive line. I saw that he had posted that, and I just said, hey, man, really appreciate you paying this, us this much attention. And then all the other <laughs> offensive line are like backing me up, saying, you're like, yeah, go on, go on. Oh, man. Yeah, Jeremy. That was and the you first say, impression I had of Harry. Harry says he doesn't like Twitter fights. Well, no, I, I, that's why. I, I mean, even I, as soon as I tweeted it out, um, and then like maybe a couple minutes later after he had seen that, I, all I was thinking was, oh, my God, you know, Buckus is going to see this. What or, did I just bring on Yeah, myself? what am I? Yeah. I, I did Buckus see it? No, I deleted it oh, immediately. Okay. Um, oh, that darn it! Not good. Well, yeah, well, you I can't did, start a Twitter fight. Then I didn't think Twitter. I was. I was defending okay, myself. Right, right, you know, right, this yeah. wasn't. You know, we're both arguing over something. This is him sure. calling me out, coming in your home, and yeah. taking your. By microwave. the way, he deleted his tweet too. Oh, he did. Yeah. So no one can go back and find that. Tweet no, no. The only tweet that's still up is he said something like, "You know, it was a real a hole tweet on my side, or you know, whatever." Yeah. Hmm. But you know, he's as, probably annoyed at people talking about the one time he's did something wrong in the last ten years. But yeah, but you know, he, um, you know, after that, then I'd seen him a couple times, like out there, and he. Mm-hmm. came up and he said i just wanted to apologize for that i was like dude it's fine uh but then after i had finished playing football i th- remembered thinking um hey you know that guy that i talked to on twitter that one time mm-hmm. um he is involved in i think i didn't know if he was on tay and j at that part i didn't know if he was the j in, in tay and j um that shows you how much well a players... lot of people thought that j was jay 
like a person. Yeah, that's what I thought oh, it yeah. was. Yeah. Well, that was a, a lot of people even on the text line. They'd be like, hey, Tay and Jay. You know, well, it doesn't J-A-Y. help that the yeah. boss is Stevie J. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right? So it's yeah. like, there was the, There was some J? confusion. Right, yeah. so, so at that point, I had, I had messaged him saying, um, hey, I don't know if you guys need an intern or whatever. You know, I would love to get into the world of... Um, of radio and I don't, you know, I would love to help if I can. Sure. And at, and then he, you know, gave me your email and I emailed you. Mm-hmm. I forget exactly what I said. I thought, you know, <laughs> we hire every intern essentially, yeah. unless oh, they're like, should, I, I should go back and read mine. It's the most formal thing I've ever written. Dear Mr. Carpenter. Yeah, blah, it was blah, very blah, formal. Blah. I was like, dude, just come in and let's go. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're I te- hired. I texted you again. Cause I'm like, a <laughs> Actually, I said, so I just come in. Do I need to bring something? You're like, nope. Just nope. Get, and I'm like, okay. I mean, and the usual <laughs> thing was, okay, Hey, welcome. And, uh, here's the show. Are hey, you a coffee drinker? if you want, are you a coffee oh, drinker? Coffee in here. Don't know if you're a big coffee drinker. No one ever really took me up on the coffee. No, that was the thing is your hit rate was like one out. I know because a, a lot of college students still aren't in coffee drink. Yeah. It's usually a post-college thing. It feels like, but anyway, I haven't gotten into it yet. My first experience with Harry Black would have been that the media guide came out, or the Two Deep, or the roster came out. We went over names that we thought were cool. Oh, okay. Now there was I want to <laughs> say Manberg, Manberg, funny guy, Rob Bain, mm-hmm. and Harry Black. And I think in my mind, even back then, there was that I thought Harry Black was kind of a funny name. Am we I talked about something. No, it's just a color. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, not, yeah, I'm not but, trying to demean Harry, but like Manberg and Harry Black. Well, there's not I have one of the most boring names that there. No, is. no, 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 because there's not many people, your guys' generation or mine included, that are named Harry anymore. Yeah, I, I'm named after my dad's dad. Yeah, so, so there's not a lot of Harrys, and then there's also um, there aren't many Mildreds out there anymore. No, I, and not, I think not a lot in of my roots. I think no. in my mind there was a subconscious Mr. Black from Camp Krusty episode. Sure, sure. <laughs> Harry Black, Harry Black. So uh, that was the first knowledge that he existed uh he comes in of course to intern in a suit yep. i did I and was, did i come meet you in the front and said hey yes Anna. okay yeah i was trying i was thinking you know this is probably super high scale up class radio gig i want to be looking my absolute sharpest i was probably wearing shorts and a t-shirt yeah, i did not look <laughs> did not look very good did and, not look the part yeah so no but it, and you came in i think pretty early we said hey you, know, you don't need to worry about the suit i yeah. don't know how we said it, it was like hey and, and by the way very casual around here you know you don't probably need to worry about yeah uh, <clears throat> but you know we knew that there was a tool there this is going to sound manipulative almost but like we knew there was a tool in that he had experience playing when we had never really had an intern that had played d1 anything right yeah uh and, and we thought well how can we there has to be a way that we can mine that now you found your first appearance uh-huh. and you're gonna email that that to me sometime i thought it was pretty good yeah uh, because it's like you, you hadn't developed a radio personality at all yet but you still had just the amount of uh cynicism and apathy towards stuff so your answers were so uh curt that matter of fact yeah yeah i, I when like, i listen you know, jeremy would say did you enjoy training camp or something no <laughs> no, not very much. At all. No, the, the one the, like when I listen back to it, and I can kind of hear the attitude that I have now, and that I've kind of you know been able to develop and kind of maybe polish a little bit. And the one answer that I like from that interview, that only thing that kind of sounds good was Jeremy asked something to the effect of, um, "So you know, do you, aside from scholarship, do you have all the same benefits that a normal player would have?" And I said, you mean aside from the $40,000 a year <laughs> and, you know, being able to do all this for free? Aside from that, yeah, yeah, I get to do all the stuff they get to no, do. No, we, we picked up on the humor pretty quick. And then that would have been 2016? 
It came out in 2017, January, right? January of 2017. So within those first seven months, I mean, probably six months even, you got on the air more and more. I started around April and May a lot because that was when hockey had really picked up in the playoffs. Were we starting to delegate Warner Rap to a Sports Center update to interns at that yeah, point? For uh, sure. It was still Austin. Austin it was, was Austin it and James Woodard at that part. James Ward, that's right. Okay. So then we get in the summer and there had been conversations about, okay, Jeremy was looking to have a morning show and then Lana and I were like, well, we could do a two hour afternoon show. And then all of a sudden we get four hours of local content instead of three. So we go in, we sell that to CB. Okay, good to go. Uh, I think within over a weekend he thought about it and was like, okay, we're going to do that. But Lana and I had even talked before that, that if we did it, we, it was sort of like delegating the talent that we had, like, okay, who's going to go with Jeremy draft, kind of like a draft. Yeah, we yeah. knew that Austin was likely going to stick with Jeremy. That made sense. Um, the relationship that they had. And then it was like, well, who could fit the afternoon show that we want? And to me, the model for a radio show that I always have loved is uh, Opie and Anthony's one example that they were sh- kind of short-lived in terms of how popular they were. But when they were at their peak, it was four or five dudes in a room talking, joking around. It was very much a crew. I think Levitar does that really well. Yeah, yeah, he does that too. And I prefer that over the, let's say, the monologue style of Howard Stern, who certainly brings in cast members, but it's still him. Mm-hmm. And then the side players. But this, I wanted to feel more like communal or uh, community-based. And from the outset, I mean, it felt like we kind of had built that relationship probably through all the conversations off the air in the call screen studio on the days that I wasn't on TNJ, where I'd probably come in and we'd just talk about totally <laughs> Those were foul. fun when, when, you did, when they'd want you on from like, you know, 4.45 to 5 or something. But you were there at 4.15. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of hung with us for 30 minutes and... Yeah. You know, some yeah. random hot or not quiz that we were clicking through or, you know, <laughs> whatever it might be. Yeah. Talking about films. I forget. Sure. What was there? It was one day where we were talking. I think the I got, I, you I know, forget movies. who it was. Oh, yeah. Those movies. Videos. Yes. Specific um, actors and sure, actresses. Of yes. Um, but I remember the, what was it? We were about to have a draft and I think it was superhero movie drafts and it was either you or Austin. I really got under someone's skin because I was like, yeah, I don't like the Batman movies. And that kind it must of have been Austin. it was probably Austin, but you know I remember there's little things like that where that's kind of where it it, it turns from. I don't think it would have upset me. It, I like Dark Knight. It, it would Batman, like but... turn from there was a moments like that with that different people where it kind of turned from you know business as usual, you know going about yeah. the show. What do we need to do with the show? To hey, I'm actually talking to this person about something that doesn't have to do just with the show. Mm-hmm. And that's it, nice when you get that with somebody. Oh right? yeah, definitely. Because like you feel like you're whether it's like relationship work whatever. Mm-hmm. There's like this weird, and it may last ten minutes if you're if you're close to the person. It may last two months where you're kind of just still feeling out how frank you can be with the person. But exactly, Harry made it feel easy to be super yeah. frank rather quickly. Like I remember one of my first days, you said, "What do we talk about this hour?" Because you had been somewhere else, and I just said, "Flyers talk, man, just flyers talk for an hour." Like I, I just felt comfortable joking with him from day one. Well, there are no. Harry's biggest strength, among many, though, is a directness that. You know, I feel like I'm honest whenever I get behind a microphone. I, I don't try to say things to appease or oh, I don't want to go there. You know, I, I try to be honest, but I'm not necessarily blunt, if that makes sense. So when Harry comes on as, as honest about something, which is well, all the time, but he has this very unique way to like like a blunt instrument. Like yeah. it just comes up like, whoa, I didn't Bam. expect to get hit like that. <laughs> well, and I think you his know? words carry weight because of that. 
right? It's not like he's just coming in. It'd be one thing if he came in every day and had 10 opinions on things like, well, I tell it like it is, like Dan Dockett's type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Where he says, I'm Mean blunt, potatoes kind of guy. But then he does, does like 500 takes a day, and it's like, I really don't think you can be blunt about all that. Well, that's the thing is when I want, you know, I, I don't like being hot takey. I feel like the sports medium today is it's too hot takey and you'll hear people just trying to raise the most eyebrows that they can. And I feel you go like in the other direction, though, I I, like. I I kind of for the most part just want to see how stuff plays out and express my opinion. And if it happens to be hot takey, then, you know, that's sure someone else's opinion to decide that that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. I just I appreciate your level of no bs with stuff i guess because like i remember early on i was trying to be impressionable we had our cartoon draft remember <laughs> yep yep <laughs> so oh I, my God. I tried to win the draft we so got I a world like, of crap from texters about that didn't yeah, we was yeah, that a that. friday yeah, yeah. at the hotel yeah. we were, we were at the hotel at the hotel i was back in the studio that's right um but yeah. i i went like pink panther fred flintstone etc yeah. and I appreciate it because Harry just goes on the air like, man, what a terrible draft. Like, stop just <laughs> stop trying to pick characters to win. And for a second, I'm like, oh. but 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 it, I appreciate that, right? Instead of picking thing like, and I've fallen in that trap with drafts before too, where it's like, well, this is uh, technically better regarded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Among but that's the not what uh, it's about. meanwhile, I'm picking characters from Dragon Ball Z that no one even <laughs> can <laughs> recognize. I'm like, well, you know what? This is the kind of draft I want. He's Harry's still on the, the board. T- type of person at like an awkward dinner party that would sit there and go. Well, this is awkward, mm-hmm. you know, right away, and it would cut the tension. Yes, and I appreciate that about him. Yeah, so th- that is uh, a couple memories. I mean, there, there was Harry's Hook, Carp's Chorus, oh my one of God. the best segments ever. The, bit, which, yeah. the bits were awesome. They they were, and I think the deal was when you're trying to be funny, and here we turn on the mics and we record, and some things are funny and some things fall flat. That's just how it's going to be. Uh, but in an effort to have a fun, entertaining show. We, I wanted to do some goofier things and would not have been able to do it if we didn't have a sort of relationship where we could goof around and talk about ridiculous things or make terrible puns or think of ridiculous ideas for songs about you like... You two creatively brainstorming about ridiculous stuff is yeah. better than any two people's <laughs> creative right. brainstorming. Well, you mean like the songs or... You no, know, just what would come out of it. I just don't yeah. even understand how you arrived at some of, well, <laughs> some like of those like Super places. Super Domes Ahead. Super Domes Ahead. <laughs> And then I, uh, I th- what was mine? That was, that was Charlene that was and Superdome. That was a bopper. That yeah. was the Western best Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. <laughs> yeah. I actually Wasn't thought of your, Hilltoppers, um, I thought of your Christmas one this week because that song <laughs> played. Um, <laughs> Merry the, the, Christmas, so Tinkle Toes. I really <laughs> like it when it. Actually, that is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Winter weather makes me cry. You know it was in a Hallmark movie that I heard playing for my that jazzy version oh no <laughs> See, we, we had gone back and completely just butchered all the horns no, and then it just ends with <laughs> yeah. began and ended with an a dissonant <laughs> well, it was like the, off um, i forgot about the one at the beginning that just it yeah, starts, it starts with that and <laughs> it was like it was like the birthday one where you blow up your birthday <laughs> birthday cake yeah isn't there like an explosion and like a bicycle There's bell a bicycle at the end birthday cake from a birthday and, and a bicycle <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> you know what's weird is i remember the lyrics from yours more oh, so man. than i remember the lyrics those from those were really good i actually have let me see if i can if i can find one on here just to play because i know i have a bunch of yeah yeah, we have all the old. But I mean, those were legitimately pieces of art, and I'm not saying that oh, in, in, a, in a satirical I mean, way. I mean, that, those were works of art. They were. We had a lot of fun making those, and I think the the approach. I I had a few where I threw in all the bells, literally sometimes, and whistles with the apocalyptic explosion, mm-hmm. of course. Um, what was I feel like there was these words at the end of birthday cake after the explosion is fading. Happy birthday! Oh, that's right. It's a creepy happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mountain Man, of course, had the whistling. Yeah. Which I couldn't do it in one take because the idea of <laughs> whistling throughout was so <sighs> ridiculous. <laughs> it's such a jolly whistle, yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. It sounded like a song out of like Super Mario or something. Yeah, and the yeah. delivery was like, I'm a mountain man. <laughs> like just this sort of like uh, nasally pathetic. Yeah. That was the one where I was singing about the Eagles being awful, even yeah. though that was the Eagles, the Eagles won the Super just Bowl. Lost Harry, Harry's were based more on things he'd recently experienced, whereas Carter's were like the Eagles. Fruit of the yeah. Eagles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We got to go with there what you know. There was one about Illinois, wasn't there? About bowling or something? We had one. I, I Illinois had, sucks again. Yeah, 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 yeah. We had one where we had to keep it in the like keep it in the back pocket yeah. because we thought for a second, for a fleeting moment, that uh, the we might get Illinois. Was going to get Illinois. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah. we didn't. No. And um, and then <laughs> afterwards, it was like, oh, fair game. You can yeah, play. Yeah, let's now. play this stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there were so many bits like that, like even just the fake name thing, mm-hmm. where I was trying to seriously compose. A taste take, Mike's Mike, whatever. Ransel. But, but it was impossible Ransel? not to do it in a humorous way because I'd say no one's texting in and Harry would go, well, perfect. Here's Pretzel from Wisconsin, Illinois. <laughs> I have, I'm, like, I'm going to find the names. I know I have Because it started with things like... Uh, the first time know. we ever did the fake name thing was we did a Big Ten recruit segment where there were real names oh, and fake right. names in it. And that was when we realized that Harry was so good at it because he put in enough fake names that you guys got most of them wrong. I know. That's Cause, right. Because he it, just... Just fake enough that it sounded real, like mm-hmm. Timmy Black Knight or something, <laughs> yeah. and, and it'd be like just enough that it, it could be real. I have the names here in the cities they were in. Okay. Oh, we had actually this one wasn't mine. <laughs> was this the show that we ended with you literally just yeah, naming you just name it all? That was your last Sia. Yeah. Oh, that's or right. No, 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 we said that beforehand, and then that was also in the last. Okay, Sia. right, right, right. Uh, let's see. You gave me Hank Petchow. Which is a, a that's classic. from SNL, yeah. Which is Pet Chow Rat Poison. Yeah, he lived in Philadelphia, Illinois. Right, and uh, Harvish. Don't forget him. Yeah, well, Har- yeah. Hargish Pendelschmack was the great. He's Harvish. the hockey player. Hargish, Hargish Pendelschmack. That was, was the, the Russian town or hockey name. It's not a real. Of course, yeah, yeah. for those who don't know the bit, none of these are real names. No, no. they're all fake. Uh, Marcy in Orlando, Oklahoma. We obviously have <laughs> Flick in Houston, Indiana. Flick, of course, absolutely. Uh, Clovis in Atlanta, Illinois. <laughs> Barson. In, Barson? Yeah. Barson in Kalamazoo, Michigan. That's just a funny Any name. combination of vowels that technically work but don't sound good at all is a good hair. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence, Javis, Ransel, <laughs> Creston. Javis? Creston. Yeah, good. <laughs> Talbert, Crancy, George, <laughs> George in Washington, Ohio. That was one of my favorite ones. Uh, you did the research to find these actual towns, too, by the way. They yeah. exist. You weren't just, yeah. Well, there was something on the way to Green Bay for, uh, we're going to see Paul McCartney up there, and there was a Brooklyn, Wisconsin. Brooklyn, Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, and I, what was um, Brooklyn? Did I have Brooklyn in here? No, basically, I would try to pick a really big town and see if it actually existed <laughs> in a smaller place. like <laughs> The smallest version of yeah, the large town. E- exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Stamble, that's another. Trayson. Trayson How can we good. forget about Trayson? But here's the thing about Trayson. Yeah. This is what parents are naming their kids now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Blank Sin. Yeah, 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 yep, yep. And, and yeah. now I got a friend, and they um, named their kid Grayson, and he goes Well, Gray that's a normal short. name. It's a normal name. Yeah. There's been, but Trayson, and there's a lot of um, word, names that are ending in YN, and I'm waiting for some kid to come through sixth grade, J-A-X-Y-N. Jackson? Like, not Jackson, how you normally uh, spell it, but Jackson. It's going to happen. Yeah. It will happen. Because now the trend teacher. is normal names, but completely backwards spelling. Yes. Like, like Caitlin, but like C-A-Y-T. Oh, yeah. That'd be even weirder, right? Yeah. You have as many Ys in there as you can as well. Sure, sure, sure. It's Lynn, L-Y-N-N-E. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. 
You People don't like these that. days are just the worst. Mm. You see, but I gotta be careful because I might get these names. That's true. Yeah. Just don't name. Oh, you mean uh, as like a I student. might get those names coming through. So for all I know, there's a listener who is a fifth grader <laughs> named Jackson. Maybe he J-X-Y-N. shouldn't be named Jackson with an X. <laughs> see, there's-, there's Harry. <laughs> there's Harry. <laughs> there he is. And the first ever Tan Carp was when your Sports Center update was infected with. The, oh my uh, god, that virus. was. Uh, I was I was upset because remember you know, it was his first ever Sports Center my, update. Yeah, it was my first Sports Center update, and I was getting all. You know, I was like, okay, I gotta make sure this is absolutely absolutely perfect i've never done one of these before yeah Yeah. had it timed down to the second and as soon as i start this thing pops up says don't worry you don't have a virus apparently my computer blocking yeah blocking my entire screen so that's right i had printed it every time after that the audio is out there because that's what i mean about harry right he just the guys i this thing popped up right i can't like a normal like like (laughs) i would try to panic and cover but Harry's panic is just tell it like it is. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yep. like you said, okay, Harry Black. Lon legitimately said, Harry Black, first ever update, go, or something. <laughs> and the update starts, and there's like five seconds of silence, and you hear, it was a virus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I did... I feel like, well, the thing, and obviously people, you know, you'll say this on the radio and it sounds like BS, but it's not. Um, when you're talking, it's the way it just, I feel like I'm just talking to you guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not talking and like trying to impress people that are out there and trying to maybe just cover my tracks and not panic or anything. It's if I was trying to read this, you guys would be like, there's something popped up on my computer. Give me yeah. one second. No, exactly. You went a long way in making me feel like I was just talking to you guys too. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. And not if, making it feel like, oh, crap, I went from intern to like co-producer of this show. I need to show up and do stuff. <laughs> in, in the last five months, I guess it would be coming up on five months, um, you know, done some reflection on all of that. And this is where it gets weird because on one hand, this is going to make it sound like I didn't enjoy the show. That's not true. Um, I miss hanging out more than I miss the show. What I mean by that is, um, you know, the show would end at 6 or 5.57 or whatever, and I'd try to scoot out of there as quick as I could because... You know, I leave home at 7.30 to go to school. I want to get home. I just want to be home. You know, and if I got there at 6.10, I was like, okay. You know, if I got there at like 6.13, I'd be like, oh, I really want to get home. Like, <laughs> there was this sort of like internal clock where as much as I enjoyed it, I still wanted to leave. Now, all that said, I never would have on my own accord left the show. I enjoyed it enough where I wouldn't have been like, guys... I just would rather be home at 315. Mm-hmm. I, so, you know, I would have yeah. made whatever sort of um, deal with myself to keep going with that. Um, but more than that is just the fact that the hang, the hang session, right? Where if, if I were to walk in there after a run and it'd be like 350, make my coffee and all that. And the first people I would be able to tell about something stupid that happened at work or some ridiculous thing a kid said would be you guys. So that is the thing that, you know... Um, in, in full disclosure, some unresolved feelings about how that, in a way, felt taken away from all of us. On the other hand, the positive that does go with that, and this is so cliche that I almost feel like bile rising to my mouth as I about to say it, but the idea that if a door closes, another door opens, right? And you're like, whatever. Well, that's not always the case. But let's say that had uh, the show was, was continuing to go. Well, who's to say that Harry takes the plunge with ESPN? You very well might have. Like, you I, very well might have. I, it, it, I would imagine I probably would have, but I mean, it certainly would have been a conversation. But did it did it ending in 93.5 give you that extra, like, yeah, kick to... Yeah, I mean, as soon as it ended over there, I mean, because that was kind of my, my fallback. I mean, I thought I was going to be gone out of here 
around um, around July or August because I just had told myself, <clears throat> okay, I, I got to get out of here eventually. And just because I wasn't able to really find anything elsewhere job-wise at the time, I figured, you know what? I still have the show over here. I still have some kind of a presence here and it's fun to do this on the air. So why not just kind of stay back as long as I can? I was still looking, but when it ended, that's when it kind of kicked me into actively looking sure. other places saying, okay, now I got to get out of only here. Only natural. Yeah, only yeah. natural. And and that, that's the tricky thing with, and as Trevor and you go on with sports media and just media in general, it is a very transient profession. And there are certain things that it, the dream job is all you'd ever have to do would just be go on the air. Yeah. That's the dream media job. And there are a select few that get to that level where all they have to worry about, show up, do the show. Yeah, that would actually home. bother me because I like having everything so planned out that I'd almost prefer, prefer oh, to well, write. But, but yeah, yeah. No, but I, I what I mean what by that is like, let's I know say, you don't mean unprepared. I know you just mean all you, your job is to just show up and talk. Is the show. Yeah. yeah. Your job is programmed. But I'd almost prefer doing all the behind the scenes stuff too. For the show though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So it's all the extracurricular stuff. Sure. That, and this goes for any business where it's, you know, you get told in college and really even before that, that get good at a lot of things. Be, you know, be diverse in your skills so you aren't pigeonholed into this or that. And in radio, especially with just the way things are going, you know, you have to be able to do a little bit of everything, including, you know, the sales thing, which that to me in 2014, even when I started getting pretty good at it, I thought, I can't do this crap the rest of my, I don't want to sell, you know? And then it's like, well, what, what else could I enjoy doing? Teaching, you know? And uh, that was really what precipitated it. To be full, fully honest, it wasn't like, I have a passion for children. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're fine. I like kids fine. But um, I, and teaching is a lot of fun. I'm glad I did it. They're like but, the third best type of people out of the three that there are. I mean, come <laughs> children? on. Children? Yeah. Uh, well, in terms of old people, adults, old people, and children? adults, and children. They're the third third best. I mean, out of the three. Glass half full. The I third mean, best type of people. But Do you really the, think a younger, a, a cute kid is worse than a cute old person? I, well, here's the thing. Kids, <laughs> the, the, the best that there is when it comes to kids is like little, you know, tiny little kids or yeah. maybe, maybe some. I, little kids are always awesome. Tiny little kids. Yep. Then like four year olds, they're just annoying. Always looking for your four attention. Four year olds are yeah. Annoying. Then they're starting to get yeah, annoying. They can be. Then I, middle I feel school. Like the delineation is like seven. Yeah. Well, then they're just a super annoying. Always trying to get all this attention. Whereas the older you get, it's just it's not like that. But then they can flip back around, and this is where sixth grade is an interesting age. They can converse like adults. Yeah, that's right. True. And, and so once you they can, start being able to do that, then they're bearable. Yeah, I, I would agree or because worst, it, well, on which way exactly, go, right? it could go either way. But like, that's why elementary would be really tough because you are essentially a babysitter, yeah. right? Oh, um, gosh, but yeah, like I couldn't hate like a kindergarten classroom. Are you kidding? You're not even teaching. You're like letting people know when a diaper's wet or something. I mean, oh no, no, Kara's, Kara's mean, mom's been a kindergarten teacher for coming up 35 plus years. Man, my goodness. Yeah, props to her. Exactly, props to her because I could never do that. But the point being that <clears throat> you know, when you guys are going to come into these sort of dilemmas, professional dilemmas. What am I okay with? What am I not okay with? And I, I find a good and bad new situation with podcasting. You know, you can always do it and you can do it self-produced and all that. But at the same time, often you want a larger platform and often that is supported by money and anything that is driven by profit. Um, and the frustration I always ran into was the programming always seemed to take a back seat, which I get. If you're a business owner, you need to make those decisions. So I just hope for you guys as you go along that uh, you can find that sweet spot where you get to do what you want to do and have minimal um, 
minimal outside fuss that has to do with, oh God, we aren't revenueing what we need to. Where you can just be yourselves. You mean on like product. a personal kind of avenue, right? Like well, as I mean, far as I mean, your own life? I mean professionally, wherever you end up. So ESPN, for example. Yeah. Like money's not a concern for ESPN, right? Well, no, no exactly. I, I thought the way you were saying it was, um, can I... Uh, like I want to be able to do what I do as far as the job I want mm-hmm. and not have to have you know worry about income associated with that. Like exactly. over at the station when I would do uh when we did the show, I loved it and you know what what I got paid it wasn't enough to sustain me. So I had I was worrying about money at other places. Also, you know, just side note, I wanted to thank you because um I didn't know what I wanted to do outside of the station. I knew I wanted to be on the air. Mm-hmm. And I had, you know, people always say, you know, like, what do you want to do? I mean, the answer is always the same. I don't know. And then, what are you interested in? Yeah, exactly. It's like but, a high school counselor. What are your plans? But then, then it, you said, like, okay, well, what do you do? What do you like to do? And then it kind of clicked in my head is that I like to cook. I remember that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we were in yeah, the yeah, office, yeah. I think, next to yeah, the yeah. studio. And then, yeah, and that's. And, I mean, after that, <laughs> I remember just thinking, I got to look into cooking. I like to cook. Why am I not doing this to kind of help myself make money? And that's something that's you know, it's since then it's helped me over at Black Dog. Uh, tomorrow's actually my last day at Black Dog. But oh that's, wow! Yeah, but that's a job that I the whole time I've been there I've loved. Can you sneak some of them smoked almonds out? The sm- <laughs> a tub. I'm gonna give you a Tupperware. <laughs> Whis- you, you realize they're doing, whispering- they're doing inventory the next day. It's yeah. like where did all the smoked we missed almonds an ounce of smoke? And you also realize you whispering that to me with your hand actually just made it so you heard it more yes. so in, in Harry, the Harry, can you grab the smoked almonds? Lon was always and still is so good at being able to just point his mouth enough in the other direction that when he yells. a <laughs> yell doesn't sound <laughs> harsh enough. But, it, I tried but it's to do also laughing, so dude. far away. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's perfect. Anyways. <laughs> no, but I'll, uh... no, I remember that conversation because it, it's so tough after college and the frustration that I ran into after college is like, Damn it, I know I have things that I'm talented at that others don't have. I know that I got a skill set. How the hell am I going to maximize that? Well, it's how you parlay that into a a career, right? Right, and this is where I'm like, why could I have just enjoyed math like my parents and sister? Like fall into a specific easy line. Yeah, like I'll become an accountant, which makes it sound like it's something easy that you do. It's No, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's easy to decide to do that, right? Yeah, but in knowing that um, for creative, and okay, go ahead and get out the world's smallest violin for people doing the podcast for fun, but it's like uh, the idea that often creative ventures are not going to pay. Because they're not tangible, right? No. If you have some creative brainstorm, there's no tangible way to prove that it's going to be as worth it to the business owner as something that is much more, uh, I don't know what what you call it, visual or on paper or Mm -hmm. or provable. Yeah, and that's why it was like, okay, I'm in a band. Yay, it's fun. I think we're pretty good. Okay, uh, here's 300 bucks for a three-hour set. Thanks. Okay, which is something. Right. But you can't sustain that. Same with radio where the only way to sustain it was to be like, well, I'll produce some ads and I'll go out and sell them. such a wide range of guesswork on what you should even like be asking for. Exactly. like that too, right? Right. Because it's so creatively open. Yeah, and and you still, I don't know about you guys, but post-college, I still had this little bit like... You get into this mindset where you get a job opportunity. You're thankful for the job opportunity. But you don't you want to be, be so thankful no. that, that you're just like, well, I'll take it. Because then you need to flip that mindset to thanks for the job. Now I'm going to perform at a level where you're going to be thanking me. Right. Not in a conceited way, no, but no, wow, no, you no, do no, a yeah. great job. Yeah. You know, that's what you, you want the great job. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. Yeah. But now you guys are both in a good position because Trevor's graduating here. At semester. When is the ceremony? Sunday? Yep. Tomorrow? Yep. On the 22nd of December. That seems yep. kind of late. I'm actually going to walk in May. Okay, that's cool. But there's like a College of Media thing. Yeah. I Where do they have that at? Uh, Cranard, right? Some building on camp. I don't okay. you know. That's it's, not, it's not Cranard. It's, 
the buildings on campus you'd think I'd know living here my entire oh, there's life. Some like, new ones oh, there's then. that. There's a, they're all some last name of a guy who was there in 1970 or 19 Dickety three. And no offense to him, but I don't know what the what the Walter oh, Schmarkle uh, Beal felt something or other. I'm like I don't know Schmarkle Hall. Schmarkle Hall. That's actually Schmarkle Hall's a nice building. Dude, Schmarkle Hall's so annoying. The air conditioning never works. No kidding. Yeah, I but swear. they have a pool. Yeah. They do. Mm-hmm. They do on the ground floor. Well, and, the, and and in the main lecture hall. Yeah. The English building actually did have a pool, and people died up there, and there's ghosts. Is that the uh, theory? The story, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do remember at Urbana High School, there's a fourth floor. It's this weird, creepy <laughs> is there attic. Actually, though? Yes, okay, there is. Right, if you right. if you look at the main entrance on what is that Vine Street uh-huh. in Urbana? Is it Vine or Race? Uh, Vine, I think. I don't know. Regardless, if you look at the main entrance, the old entrance, there is this window at the very center of it that's like the third and a half floor. Interesting. And it's apparently haunted. Sounds like something out of Sideways Stories from Wayside School. Oh, what, yeah, is the 19 Wayside? and a half floor or whatever. Yeah, right? the 13th, what was Wayside 13? School from? They, it's, uh, it's a it's book a series. Book. Yeah, it's a book. I, I remember reading those. Okay, yeah. I kind of do too. There were kids at Centennial that would sell you a key to the third floor, and of course there wasn't. Oh. So, you know, the most gullible <laughs> freshman on the first day, they'd say, you know, hey, you want a key to the third floor? There's... I don't know what the sell. I I never got uh, sold a third key, but Playboys and penthouses. Probably. And you're 15. Like you're like, yeah. sure. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> you know that kind of reminds me of is in Happy Gilmore where they give him the media the 19th tee or something. It's like for the uninitiated, you say something oh, yeah, super yeah, like, yeah, yeah. "Hey, go ahead and meet me at the so and so," and then they show up. And do you have you seen Happy Gilmore? Uh, I saw it once. Kind of. Oh, man, it's a generational I, I thing. Yeah, I guess. Have you seen Billy Madison? No. I've seen bits and pieces. You'd like Billy. It's so stupid you'd like uh, it. I mean, Adam Sandler. Trust me. He, he, he was like, good. You'd think I'd like him because he's goofy and he's Jewish, but I just, hmm. I don't know. His movies People are, are saying he's really good in this. I can't wait this, to see on Cut Gems. It's supposed to be a great movie. Plus, what it's all Adam's, about sports gambling. So. Daniel Day-Lewis called him and said, really? I've never been that tense during a performance really? ever. He called Adam Sandler. Wow. What Daniel if Day-Lewis. Adam Sandler... One's won, an Oscar. He, won an Oscar. He's going to be nominated wow. at a minimum. Oh, my God. He said he's going to wear a Nike suit. Okay. <laughs> he's going to get a custom-made tux or a he's suit from Nike. He's kind of parlaying his uh, comic style into that role. Like, like if you watch the trailer, he's kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Like, he's, like, he's not trying to be that serious, but he's serious in the way that he's kind of creepy funny. Have you know we ever I mean? seen anything where he's actually a good actor? Yes. Punch Drunk Love. Uh, that. Uh, um, where he maintains his sort of like kinetic violent humor. What was the one humor, where he's got the, and this sounds dumb, but what was the one where he's got the TV remote where he can... Uh, click. click. It's supposed to be actually kind of yeah, compelling. Yeah, like it was moving at the end. He mm-hmm. was crying. He had a good scene in that. Yeah. He can uh, act. There was I, another one called Funny People, which I, I didn't see. That one. It was him and Seth Rogen, and one of them has cancer, I feel like. Okay. Or may, maybe I'm getting that mixed up with another Judd Apatow thing, but um, <laughs> point being, third floor... Yeah, nineteenth uh, hole. What were we talking about before that? The pool at the English Building. Oh yeah, the yeah, yeah. World yeah. Is Schmar- your Schmarkle Harry. Hall and the Go different swim. pool. Yeah, the world is your oyster. So we got uh, Trevor, who's graduating, going to walk in May, but do all the fun stuff tomorrow. We got Harry moving out to Connecticut, and it is an end of an era in a way. And I know it was maybe short lived. Um, professionally, you always look at certain things like, okay, so for my band, there's one album that I'm kind of going back and remixing to get the sound that I've always wanted to have. And I'm like, if there's one album that we did. Yeah, I'm doing the George I'm, Lucas I'm just, thing. I'm picturing like dubstep, just awful noise vomit. Now this is this what I always wanted. This was my vision the whole time. <laughs> what I'm adding is the equivalent of Jabba the Hutt cutscene and then a bunch of speeders and walking. What are those little uh, creatures walking in Moss Eisley <laughs> yeah, yeah, in yeah, A New um, Hope, right? Do, do you remember in yeah. um, uh, was it was a South Park episode where um, it was Trey Parker, uh, I think, or no, was it? Yeah, Trey. 
the one with the uh, with the afro. I think that's Matt Stone. Matt Stone. He says, um, yeah, when we when we had made the pilot for South Park, we didn't want to use cardboard paper. We wanted to use computer generated <laughs> yeah, pictures right. with you know aliens and spaceships <laughs> and tauntauns. Around in the, yeah. yeah, tauntauns in the background. And I might be adding actually Snoodles from Return of the Jedi into one of our ah, tracks. Who's She's Snoodles? What about her backup singers? And then there's the guy who's like, hey, I'm a jazz man. And then Boba Fett just still does the stoic Boba Fett thing is this ridiculous song is hey, being Hey, your played. guy was, I'm, I'm spoiling it, but Nine your guy Nub. was, yeah. I love Nine Nub. Yeah. Was he yeah. in it? He makes an appearance. Should he has a line. It? Yes, he does. He has a, the only text subtitle line in the yes, whole movie. Yes, they got Nine Nub a line. I was overjoyed. There was a lot of moments in that movie that I was overjoyed with. and I, I agree. And Chuck Aplinsky put it best. He, he wrote a nice review, three stars out of four. He admitted what it is. It's not a perfect film. But he said on his Facebook post, my advice, just sit back and enjoy. Yep. It's Star Wars. Yep. Let go. Damn it. It was good. You know? know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited you. to see I'm 100% it again. I'm with you. I'm not, Overjoyed is one of my least favorite Matchbox 20 songs, by the way. Is that, that actually sounds it like is. it could be Matchbox. <laughs> it is a Matchbox. It is. Okay. It's off of their, uh, their album, North. I feel like they just named songs Emotions. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, B side, kind of sad. <laughs> not feeling too great. <laughs> one of their songs is called Angry. Uh, <laughs> what if one song was just called Bummed? <laughs> <laughs> or when so eventually they just get to utterances like, eh. God, now that I'm <laughs> the new A side from Rob Thomas and Matchbox. Eh. Now that I'm thinking about it, there are a couple of songs they have that have at least an emotion in the title. I mean, unwell, unwell, overjoyed, angry, mad season. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are, are shame. That's another one. Okay, that's uh, something you feel. Yeah, is that an emotion? Shame? No. I, yeah, the, I, what guess, would be the worst emotion? For a song title, uh, I can't say. It. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> it's not air appropriate. All well, right. what's it start with? An H. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Matchbox Twenty coming at you live with <laughs> Randy. You could say Randy on the yeah, air. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Austin Powers says it yeah. all the time. If we were oh, well, PG thirteen. Yeah, come on. I would summarize Harry this way. Uh, Nipper Kickles now sounds more normal to me than Kipper Kickles. <laughs> You're Nipples, right. And that's Nipper the last Kickles. thing I'll say. Amazing by just flipping the first <laughs> yep, letter. Yep. That's all you got to do for a chuckle. There, there was one. There was. I feel like my abilities to talk uh, Illinois basketball have gotten better mm -hmm. over the years. Oh, yeah. Um, that was back when I didn't really know how to talk about them. So it would think it was you and Trevor. I feel like Derek may have been there. And you were going back yeah, and forth. Yeah, because you were on the fourth mic for whatever yeah. reason. You were going back and forth talking about whatever. And I would just come and go. Lijon Tukas. <laughs> but, but, but you left his mic open the entire hour. Yeah, yeah. And that's the type of thing I'm talking about where like some people just don't get that yeah. and it's not tangible because it's a creative thing. But allowing Harry to just pop in every six <laughs> or seven minutes and just say that and then fade away from the mic, well, like that was perfect. And here's mm -hmm. the thing. Here's the, here's the reason I know it was good because I was listening to Levitard the other day and we did that like a year ago. Yeah. And I was listening to Levitard the other day and that's what Stugatz kept coming in and saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would say those kinds of names, not the flipping the things, but it was similar to that. But yeah. just a little Feichel Minky. Yes. And then nothing. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, that's awesome. Feichel Minky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I do wonder, and I've texted you guys this before, <laughs> that in hindsight, if that, if it was too inside jokey or, yeah. but then I, I would get people, and of course it's going to be like, no one in, in public was going to come up, like, let's say at Memorial Stadium. A couple times I'd be, like, in line to get in the stadium. So I'd be like, hey, Carp, you know. So they would listen to the show. Uh, but and no one was going to come be like, hey, listen, your jokes aren't funny. I get that. But I do feel like there was enough appreciation for the fact that, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm just trying to think as someone that's lived in this community for a long time. I mentioned that, you know, the one album from our band, if there's one like lasting legacy, I want it to be that, you know, these 11 songs, I feel like that was the best, you know, little uh, best product I could give you and say, this is when we were at our peak. And then professionally, I would say radio wise, Tay and Carper, it's like we had a vision from what we wanted to be. We executed that vision, short lived. Uh, I wish that we could have had more time, of course, but at the same time, if you were to say, well, what would you give someone as an indicator of what you did in this field? I would say, well, let me go back and find an episode of Tan Carp, but I wouldn't choose one on a Monday after a big Illini well, sports. It would be a Friday. Harry picking baseball trade destinations for <laughs> Sonny Gray. Man, let's just send him the Mariners. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, Noah Syndergaard, we're shipping him up to Seattle. <laughs> let's see what the kid can do. He's got a mean <laughs> fastball he's been working on this offseason. <laughs> so, you know, I, I certainly will miss that. Even the, the 16, I think 16 or 17 episodes of this since we came back. Yeah. That well it started with thirty seven. Um, so now we're fifty third, I think now. So that would be sixteen, and I think I missed maybe two of them. Two yeah, or three. maybe two, maybe yeah. two. Uh, okay, so that is I think it for today. I think I did find. Let me see if this is it. I did find. Oh, you found one of your. It, it it's from books. episode thirty nine, glass case of emotion. Oh, okay. And it is a uh, it's a fake name. Okay, so you can just put on speaker. Yeah. And put it up to your microphone, and we'll hear it, and then the audience can hear. Yes, it. Yes, I'm pr- and I'm pretty sure that this is the right moment. It is one hour twenty eight minutes and fifty five seconds in. Okay. I'm pretty sure this is it. Coordinator guru guy. I thought you were gonna make up a name. I thought you were gonna say you could have gone. Schnarfler. Could have gone. Got pipples tickly. <laughs> He's good. Over at IWU. But instead... <laughs> tickly. Wow. Yeah. I have, a, I have a couple of those. And that was you saying, why did... That was back when we were calling for a lovey's head. You said, you know, you could have gone out and gotten uh, such and such. And I thought you were going to make up a name on the Pimples, fly. Pimples, I mean... That's, that's Pimples tickly, He's got dude. some holes. <laughs> yeah, he name, does. But... Yeah. Can well, I say that shucks. one other random thing about Harry that I've always appreciated and I don't know why he does it and I love it is mm-hmm. every picture he's ever been in he chooses to stare off intentionally <laughs> in the wrong direction. There is a great one, the best one, and I'm not in many of them, but maybe only one. At the bowling alley. We had right? the bowling alley yeah. for the S- uh, SJ Broadcasting holiday thing two years ago, 2017. Yeah. yeah. And Harry is literally just staring <laughs> off into space. <laughs> he looks like he's stoned or something. Oh it's my just, god! It's I uh, I got reprimanded for that picture. You did? Yep. By who? Who do you think? <laughs> By the one who took it, or the oh, one who would have cared most about the, the picture being on Facebook? The one who cared about everything that you and I did over at that station. <laughs> oh, okay. You got Harry, reprimanded. You, you can't be looking off in pictures. You got to be able to represent this company better than that <laughs> for a Facebook picture. Holy Dude, moly! What am I gonna say, man? Uh, <laughs> but, but my point is, as the pictures went on every year, it grew more intentional that he wasn't looking at the camera. Like on the one you're talking about, he sort of just. Staring at the ground, but then the next year he's, it's hilarious. he's physically turned <laughs> and like looking up like there's a bird or something. And I'm thinking, if someone can't get that, then what is their sense of humor? Like, I would same thing like... in our lovey beard photo. Kent Brown took it because he gave us the beards yeah, that one right, day, right? And it's like he, I don't think he put it on like the Fighting Illini page or anything. No, but he took it and put it out there, and Harry's just completely staring in the wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs> there is an anarchic thing that you have this sort of because if i said that harry doesn't give a crap that's not true not at all he does but he doesn't give a crap about silly silly stupid formalities i wish i had that i do too because there is always i have so many george costanza moments 
of jerk store moments. You remember that episode where the, he, the yeah, comeback yeah. comes yeah. to him and it's like, ah, I should have said that right. I have so many moments like that. I know Harry you probably had moments like that too. Yeah. But for the most part, if I do have something that is, you know, verging on Harry blackness, it is, I have a terrible poker face. So if I'm in a meeting, a sit down, if I am talking to someone who I just don't jive with, I know my face shows it. Mm-hmm. I verbally can't really express it. <laughs> but Harry will take that probably to the 10th degree and have a look of actual, maybe disgust even. <laughs> like, I don't want to speak to you right now. And then someone gets... I, yeah, well, there, some, yeah, there'll be times when I know the face. Would, I've seen the face from both of you. Yeah. <laughs> like, my, I mean, my, you see me, it's, it's a pain on my face, yeah. but I'm still trying to but kind of Karp's constrict it. But more like he's like zeroing in on something across the room. He's like... Like my, he's almost squinting or something. Yeah, mine Harry, will be like, like if, if said person was over here talking to the group of us, and uh, you're right there, I'll just yeah, like just a like intense a, stare. Yeah. His, uh, yeah, I squint, and he his Harry's eyes like, get round his quarters. Ready to attack. Yes, like, that's what he's that's what he's thinking. Rage <laughs> rising. Uh, if there's someone that he doesn't uh, gel with, it is known. But it's never been to me malicious. Like in other words, um, you know, I can't say that Harry's been. Um, incorrectly or unjustifiably a jerk to somebody i think that's fair i think that there's people i mean i know that at the end of the day there's peeps first impressions do mean something to me i don't know (laughs) marshmallow fluff ducks those things are delicious oh they are yeah i don't know why i said homies though uh, I don't know. What was that about? I said peeps, and you said homies. Like, I know, you know, but like, yeah, dogs. Like, right? <laughs> yeah. But why? That's, <laughs> that's the question. Yeah. I don't know why. But I, I mean, the thing, like I said, first impressions mean a lot to <laughs> me. Like real Randy Jackson moment there. Yeah, and, totally. And then just you know, if if I if I don't appreciate the kind of person you are, I just um I'll, I'll try to make a point to just make sure that you know with how I communicate with you. You coexist, but you don't like Yeah, just like, antagonize. you know, don't talk to me. I won't laugh at your bad jokes. <laughs> There's a little bit of like Dwight Schrute in there, right? Where, uh, yeah. he, where he says like, Pam, I've never liked you, but I will work with you or something. <laughs> like, you know, like he, he, he will begrudgingly accept a person. He won't like, you know, go on the offensive. Yeah, but well, if you don't like someone, you're also not just going to be like, oh, hi, great. How are you doing? You well, know, it, 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 the thing is, is because I can tell like, and this is nothing against like you know you guys or anything. I'll no, say it. I do it, it all the time. It's, you know, it's, it's just it's a Midwestern thing where if there's someone you don't maybe want to talk to, or someone you don't want to kind of you know just be in the same room with, and if they say maybe a bad joke or they try to communicate, you'll be like, huh, yeah, I know, or you know, something mm-hmm. just the tiny, yeah, the tiniest little bit to kind of give them, and just like an inkling that you are communicating with them at all. Trevor can tell you if someone's talking to me and I don't want to talk to them, I will not look at them. I will you not talk to them. I will word. not communicate with them. I admire it. I've never, That's how they I've get the never, picture. I've legitimately never seen someone able to literally have someone in his face talking to him and just say nothing for the entire conversation <laughs> until they go away. <laughs> like, it works I, though, I, doesn't I, it? I have the urge inside me like, I have to speak because the person <laughs> just spoke to me. And, and, and it takes it a long, a lot, a lot, I should say, not a long, but a lot for me to, uh, I'll engage in that conversation. But one example would be that um, I, I had a corner office, or right next to a corner, I had an office there. And this is the trap that we've joked about before that we run into that, um, you know, you'll have, whether it be family or like acquaintances, you're the sports guy. So anything sports related, you get thrown off. Even like one of them was about golf. I don't really care about golf. And this is back in like 2013 when Tiger Woods hadn't done anything for at least five years, and he was awful. And 
every Tuesday or Thursday on point was a question about Tiger Woods. And eventually I just got to a point where I said, listen, I don't follow golf. <laughs> I don't care about Tiger Woods. I, I really don't know what's right. going on but with it. the point it. is Harry's point of exhaustion with that is like the first second. The first time and Harry would just, sh- and if Harry were in my seat yeah. in that moment, he would have just continued looking at his computer and <laughs> not even acknowledge <laughs> the person's existence. <laughs> and there's something to be said for that, honestly. Like, I admire it. If you said, I admire it. You said on your last day at 93.5, if the whole world was like Harry Black, the world would be better place and it would i honestly be. agree with that it would be because you would have think about all the frustrations that are because we keep things in mm-hmm. we do not tell people how we feel and yes we could go the complete opposite direction I if mean, there's, a, was, there's a point of it right there I'm is not saying that harry just goes unfiltered into a grocery store and starts telling people off or something well yeah and it's it's like i don't go out of my way to be rude to no, people no, no. and it's actually a, it's kind of a thing where if i'm at a grocery store or if i'm at a restaurant or anything i'll kind of almost be on the opposite where um, like I'm, I'm at a, a restaurant, say the waitress's name is, um, I don't know, Tina. I'll, I'll walk up. Hey, Tina, how's it going? Table yeah, yeah, for yeah, two, sure, please. Sure, like, sure, like the sure, most just yeah, sure. overly happy, right, right, right. you know, sure. but that's, that's like, okay, it's then. like a playful thing. It's yeah, all, it's like yeah. you're, you're having fun with life, Yeah. but it's, I guess it's a weird kind of selfish way to put it. I kind of like it where it's on my accord. It's on. It's on my. You dictate the terms schedule. of the conversation. Yeah. yeah no. Exactly. I, I get that. Yeah. You know. I think and everybody if, wishes they had that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I, it is a selfish thing where I kind of just force it that way. Yeah. You know, where that's, hey, yeah. you have an alpha personality, and there's no problem with that. Like, I, <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> so, what do we call this episode, guys? Let's we have the bragging rights game. We have a, we could call it Christmas spectacular or something like that. What was that. the name of the Star Wars Christmas special? Just that? Just the Star Wars the Christmas Ewok special. Christmas special, right? Well, no, it wasn't Ewoks though. It was mostly we just based call on it Wookiees. Two hundred level Christmas special, or is that too lame? A very, I say, a very something Christmas. Okay, okay, okay. Does it have to rhyme or can it just nah, be alliteration is always good. A very Conzo Christmas. Christmas. Mm. Can't go that route. Uh, not for me. And crappy. I mean, uh, you know, we don't need no, to be. We aren't very, single. It's because we we the game sucked. But overall, what about we're in alliteration good mood. with the V. A very. I think crappy Christmas is too easy. Mm-hmm. It is too easy. That and actually, route. that's already the name of a South Park episode where you meet Mr. Mr. Hanky's Hanky. kids. Oh, his kids. And the uh, original one's just Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh. Yeah. A very crappy Christmas, I think, is when. You meet uh, Cornwallis. Cornwallis is the only one and, I remember. And Simon, who was born with a peanut in his head. <laughs> Simon's a little slow. He was born with a peanut in his and head. And his wife was always drunk. And his drunk poo wife. <laughs> just, that sentence. Now, honey, you've been drinking again. It's just I so. I left the kids with the babysitter. <laughs> the babysitter left three months ago. <laughs> just the fact that one of his names is Cornwallis is <laughs> just awesome. I love that. Uh, that crappy, uh, cruddy, crummy, careless, carolless Christmas. Or, or, <laughs> or we call oh, it, nice and this is from Mark, who has been very good with uh, uh, M. Jess on Twitter. He's been very good with these suggestions this year. He just says we simply call it on the Schneid. On, yeah. Now, it's only one loss. But it's a big loss. I don't know. It puts you right on that Schneid. I think. You think it's on the Schneid? Right on that Schneid. And what then that gives schneid? us an opportunity to. Yeah, is it a tangible object? Is it the like? Schneid? Is it because when I think of Schneid, I think of like one of those like pommel horses things that gymnasts use that they put their hands. Is that called a pommel horse? Yes. Yeah, I think one of That's those. That's what you think of when you well, hear Schneid. Uh, no, bounce beam. That's what I think. Oh. Of. And I actually found the Schneid is comes from like a Dutch or German thing where if you play gin and you lost consecutive games, you were on the Schneid. Ugh. Now oh, we didn't yeah, lose consecutive like games, that, right. but this you could say that we are back on the Schneid. Or maybe we finally dub a title halfway to Worrytown. We could. We could, right? It's such a good title. We haven't called it yet. Let's just do that. 
halfway to Warrior yeah, Town. Yeah, yeah. Can to we Warrior still Town. end with a barbershop trio? Sure. Okay, I think that would be a fitting in for the trio here because me and again Harry and I will do let's call it a post yeah bowl game that we'll way can, we can react to something. And I, I mean, I know this is already probably what, what, what it would be like a year away by now, but I've already you know I, I'm gonna be back in town. Oh, I'm yeah. sure in the future. Yeah, and, of course. And, you know, and we will figure out as well uh, with Skype. And this goes for the podcast in general, whether it be so I can talk to Steve Brightweiser once every couple months or something. Or um, I mean. Out of Trevor's not here at some point, then. Um, but that is an element I want to like a Jordan Burnfield would be a cool person to talk to every so often. So, uh, Skyping will be something that we'll get into. I just got to figure out how to best do it so the audio quality is good and all that, but we'll get that. Uh, okay, so for DP Doe, any diversions before I finish no, I the DP Doe? My goodness, dpdoe.com <laughs> for all the best deals and prices. If Conzo were our coach, we could have had a con, con zone. Up, oh. up, up. But unfortunately, well, no, actually, probably fortunately, I think we want to oh. <laughs> uh, uh. Let's see here. There's also a State Farm agent Brian Hansen at brianismyguy.com. And of course, Fourth and Kirby at fourthandkirby.com. Really thank those sponsors for taking that chance, so to speak, on the 200 level as we relaunched. It's been a great first year. We aren't done. Harry and I will be back post uh, bowl game to talk whatever happens in the Red Box Bowl. And Trevor, you will be at... I wish I could Bowl. call in or something. Well, I mean, I'll we're going to be doing it the next... When are you flying back? Well, I'm not going back for a week. This is uh, kind of a graduation slash... So like a vacation trip. kind yeah, of. My yeah. thought is, and I, I know the, the quality wouldn't be great, but you know, we could coordinate with the time that we're re- recording it and sure. put you on speaker. That's fine. I'll do it. Action. Okay. Keep in mind, I'm three hours behind. That's true. But yeah, well, that's we fine. won't be doing it like eight in the morning. Right, right, right. <laughs> what, like this is. <laughs> you guys get up at seven a.m. to record. <laughs> this took way too long for me to mention this, but you said like probably like forty minutes ago, like something to the effect of Illinois. I think it was when it was the paint the hall orange game. You said mm-hmm. Illinois had an early six o'clock start, and I just for some reason thought everyone waking up at four o'clock in the <sighs> morning got to get this. <laughs> With that old song, morning mood. It's like. For a 6 a.m. tip off. They do that little thing where they rub their eyes. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it's about 4.30. Oh, shoot. Got, got about an hour before we get to the stadium. Him. No, I just remember, though, because... Those dragon ride starts are getting earlier and earlier every year. I, I say early start, but I do... I like the 6... It was 6 o'clock ESPN, which, you know, when you're relevant, you get sometimes the 6 o'clock ESPN slot. I guess we did with the Miami game. That's the post-sports center there. slot where they kick it over to the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one, because then you know people are... Well, no, naturally, I don't. That's there's, the game. That's the game they want to put on mm-hmm. because yeah. they want to get all the uh, the views for Carry sports over. at that time. Yeah. You ever wonder about ESPN's numbers because ESPN is on in every office of the country? Yeah. How, no, do, you, I, how do you quantify how, what? I mean, they're on every dentist office, every gyms. bar, every. Gym. I feel like yeah. when you're I mean, that, those aren't actual people watching. Yeah, but it, when you're that size, it doesn't matter. It, I guess you know. I, I mean, know. you're probably at the point where numbers don't even matter. They, they still do though small. because they make all those determinations about who their you know anchors are going to be, what sports yeah, really talk shows to keep. Lately. Nothing like two hours of Max Kellerman followed by two hours of Will Kane. People on watch ESPN it too. Apparently. The debating thing, man. That that's another thing I did appreciate about our, you know, the shows and just stuff we've done over the last, I guess, like was almost never like, debate like for the sake of now. debating. Yeah, I, I feel like a I lot of shows do that did. now. <laughs> I feel like you know when a debate comes up, it's natural, mm-hmm. and and we're trying, especially with Illinois athletics, we're trying to reach a common conclusion, and if that results, like when we say did we solve something? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and if we're debating something, it's because this is how we would get here. This is why we are here. It's not like we want to just butt heads, which mm-hmm. I feel like. I don't know. Some I th- people do. Yeah, some people do for some reason. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, one thing we didn't talk about, Alan Griffin getting the technicals today and be, just kind of being the uh, instigator. And I've reflected on that briefly, and I'm thinking, you know what? This team needs something. 
I know it's it, you can talk about the shoulder brush again. I don't necessarily like that, but when the he's at the line, I like that is because he's grabbing the shoulder because it's hurt. Yeah, and then you like check into that shoulder. It's like, come on, man. Like, yeah, th- there's his shoulder that. might be out of place. Don't check him in the shoulder. And Alan is, hasn't exactly proven anything on the anything no, on the court. But he does right? bring that energy. He does. And then what I did like to an extent, just because when you're down seven eight points late in the game and it's already over, and he, you could tell what he was saying to Mark Smith. He, he said, "You aren't rich." You know, he, he was like the gatekeeper of that moment, right? Yeah. Like, like that. No, you may have beaten us, but you can't just do that. Yeah, exactly. Whereas no one else was going to say that. So, Exa- so in, in a way, I'm like, maybe I. If what it takes is the entire team becoming a bunch of jerks to win, <laughs> hey, man, I'd rather it be that. Yeah. There's an attitude. There's a there's a method to that. I mean, you look at the uh, the. I mean, we're not calling them this, but I the get it. Pistons yeah. in the '80s, exactly. The Pistons, the or Draymond, who people love to hate, but guess what? You know, it, it yeah. works. And there's it something to be said for like getting under the other guy's skin. Tillman fouled out. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Illinois came back and won that game, one of the major talking points would be that Allen basically baited instigated the technical. Yeah, yeah. So right. So you know what? I, I don't know. He's a mucker. That will be something to kind of watch because Tev is not getting the minutes. Allen Griffin got most of the minutes because you know Demonte can't make. A, I, I I really like Demonte, but those two layups that he didn't have to get. Have an offensive oh. game though. You know who? You, you know who he is? He's Andrew Shaw from the Blackhawks back in the day. He'll just go out there and start fights for the sake of starting fights and getting people riled up. Enforcer, isn't that the name for those hockey guys? Enforcer, goon, mucker. Goon, okay. So mucker. that's when, like... Great movie, by the way. Oh, goon. my God. I've heard that's with, a great movie. With uh, Stifler. What's his name? Sean Patrick's William Scott. Sean yeah, William Scott. whatever it is. He is, I mean... I've heard that's a really good it's movie. It's a really fun movie. Okay. Right. So when both hockey lines send their... Both hockey teams send the third or fourth line out there, you know there's going to be a fight to start the game. Is that right? Because they're basically sacrificing... If they're doing... if. If they send out their third or fourth line, that usually will be what it is. And also, um, you'll see people, they, <laughs> hockey lingo, they're chirping at each other mm-hmm. before the, the puck drops. And you'll you know see maybe they're tapping each other sick. And as soon as it starts, they don't go at each other. It'll be as soon as they start, they skate away from each other and drop yeah, their gloves yeah, yeah, yeah. down. Okay, yeah, Hockey's yeah. awesome, that's, you guys. Yeah, so I mean, I might need to get into it if Illinois gets one. That might be their only program. Oh, if, if Illinois ever gets a hockey team. Oh, my goodness. Well, we'll leave that for another episode of the tournament level, but we will end this one as we did last week. We're just going to switch the first word, though. (laughs) Except not quite the same. Who wants baritone? Is that the low one? That's the low one. I'll do it. (laughs) You said that's the low one. That's the low one. Okay. On the schnei. On the schnei. On the schnei. Wait, 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 that wasn't very good. Here, okay, hold on, hold on. on. (laughs) False start, false start. Okay, my bad. Uh, I never had a false start in college. Here, how about, I'll get the second one. Okay. Okay, I'll get the fifth. You never had a false start? No, dude, I always always said watch the ball, and I always snap the ball, too. Perfect. Okay. So here, Trevor, you start, I'll get the second one, you get the high one. Is that fine, Harry? The high one? Yeah. Yeah. On the schnei. On the schnei. On the schnei. It's the two under level. Two under level. Two under level. Yeah.